and welcome to another episode of the Friends Per Second podcast. Uh, it's been another jam-packed couple of weeks of gaming news and we have a lot of stuff to talk about. So uh, I'm Lucy James, joining me as usual, Jake Baldino. Hello. Hello. Ralph, aka Skill Up, you'll know, you'll know, this is his channel. Hello, hello. And because we've got to keep the beard quota, uh, and Gerard is unfortunately not feeling very well, we've got the beard quota, we've got to keep, you know, we've got to keep things balanced, as all things should be. We're joined by Tom Hussein. Part-time Gerard, that's me. <laughs> Every time Gerard's it's sick, I'm like, here, baby. <laughs> you only, right, you only finish, so like, true. some things. <laughs> you need to, the beard needs to be about seven times longer, it and used then to I be, think it used to be. you just do that. It'd be great. Yeah, it's fantastic. I had, I had a very similar one, and I was like, I just got to go. I'm going to, through an airport. I don't want to do this. <laughs> I don't need that smoke. <laughs> yeah, I don't need that smoke additionally on top of the normal smoke I get. <laughs> Uh, well, thank you so much for hopping in, Tam. Yeah. Um, it's weird saying, like, it's so good to see you when I talk to you uh, all day, every day. Um, it's it's like, good for hey. me to see you. It's good for me to yeah, see you, Tam. Us. Okay, I'm yeah. very glad yeah. to see you. I'm, I'm glad like, to see you weird. guys, too. It's like, hey, Tam, it's Lucy, brackets, from oh, work. From work. <laughs> He's a friend from work. <laughs> uh, we have, uh, like I mentioned, an action-packed show. Action-packed show, we're all sitting down. But, you know, what I mean. uh, there's I tons of stuff up. to talk about. You can stand up, hey. I've I'm got not a standing, standing up, desk. man. I'm sitting down, okay? You can stand up all you want. I'm staying right here. <laughs> I can get the under desk treadmill out. Uh, so not only are we going to be talking about uh, all the stuff that's been happening in the world of video games over the past couple of weeks, but we also have an interview with Rafael Yaki, aka the showrunner, executive producer, and I believe creator of uh, the new hit Netflix anime uh, made by Studio Trigger as well, uh, Cyberpunk edge runners it was a very fun chat yeah uh mm. he's a lovely guy and uh, very fun uh to chat to so uh please be excited for that one but i guess boys anything big happen anything big happen this week no, at 4 a.m in the morning oh. on a sunday oh my god what a thing to wake up to this was oh, while, yeah. this happened while I was raiding Destiny. Actually, funnily Typical. enough, I was doing like my triple Kingsfall clear for the week on a Sunday, and all of a sudden I started getting spammed with all these mentions, and they're like, <laughs> "Oh, look at this, look at this!" And I'm like, I just said to my guys, "I'm like, oh, hey, I think uh, GTA Six might have leaked," and they're like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> so everyone alt tabs away from the raid. We wipe, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, I so, remember when it happened. I was just like exiting out of the Rockstar Slack and. Um, I uh, just finished uploading it onto it. Oh, that's right, nice. Uh, I was drunken in and out on the Las Vegas Strip, and I Beautiful. thought I was hallucinating. But uh, yeah, one of the biggest leaks in uh, video game history. Uh, a bunch of footage from a build of Red... I was going to say Red Dead Redemption. Let's go Red Dead Redemption 3. <laughs> yeah, yeah, earlier probably. today I QA'd a video we made about Red Dead Redemption, which is going up, I think, this weekend. It's a great video. Uh, Jake Decker, a.k.a. Who, oh, nice. Jake, who edits this video, yes. uh, edits it. But yeah, it's uh, footage from GTA 6, the long-awakened GTA 6. It went up on the ninth anniversary, I believe, of uh, GTA 5 coming out. Uh, so what else have we got there? We got like 90-something videos. Uh, potentially source code for four, five, and six. The hacker, first of all, I think I think it was unbelievable how he posted it and just went, oh, I didn't expect this to blow up. 
Shut that up. was what I having a laugh. <laughs> well, I don't, that's what I don't know if he was having a laugh or he's really disconnected from the world because he also like hacked Uber, for example. And so for I months. wonder if he was just like, yeah. oh, Rockstar's just another company. They're making video games, I guess. Maybe, maybe mm. he has no concept whatsoever of what he's actually done or how yeah. fucked he truly is. <laughs> like, yeah. truly fucked. Uh, <laughs> attempted to extort money from Rockstar. Uh, I, and if- I was going to say, like, I think you can say, oh, he has no idea what he's doing up until yeah, he I mean, like, until the- <laughs> attempted to extort money no, from No, 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 no. You know why? Because he said, I will only accept five figures or more. Dude, fucking $10,000 is five figures. Like, <laughs> that is nothing. True. If you know what yeah. Rockstar is, you're, you're, you're requesting like nine figures. Do you know what I mean? So that's yeah. why I think this guy does not know what he's talking about. That was actually the major thing that made me think this guy's got no idea. So- no. That's, yeah. you know, like two hours on GTA Online is what he's asking for, basically. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. That's what I said in my script, but then I cut it because I thought it was too acidic. And I was like, oh, this is a bit risky. People will think I'm pro-extortion. So then we cut it. I cut it from my new show. That's exactly what I said. Jesus. You know, if he was smart, he would post YouTube videos comparing uh, what happens when you shoot out the tires in GTA 6 compared to what happens yeah. if you shoot out the tires in GTA 5. Because that's, mm-hmm. that's, right. that's a big thing for people. That's That's content. <laughs> You would be right. taking videos of every puddle in Vice City. Yeah. And just putting it on the internet. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, and he would frame everyone. them all like Xbox performance versus yeah. PlayStation yeah. performance. Yeah. Yeah. That's how you really get corner. it going viral, man. That's how you do it, you know? Amateur. <laughs> Amateur hour from this <laughs> this hacker. Uh so yeah, we didn't get to see I don't I don't I didn't I watched like one or two that were circulating on Twitter. I didn't watch a whole lot of it. Um, I was too busy, preoccupied with my burger at the time. Uh, <laughs> what do we, well, I mean, overall, this is a huge, huge leak. This is obviously not the way we expected to see uh, GTA 6 for the first time. Rockstar, obviously, very, very good at keeping a lid on things. Um, but yeah, I mean, what, what do we, what do we feel? Does it, has this spoiled the surprise for you all of seeing GTA 6 for the first time? Hmm. I mean, I yeah, don't know. yeah. I, I mean, like, no one wants to. It, it's not GTA Six, like in in yeah. a lot of ways. Like, it's it's a prototype version of something that will eventually become GTA Six, mm. which for people like us who are used to seeing this kind of stuff and have either been looking at leaks or or looking at uh, early, you know, prototype footage uh, uh, with the permission and acceptance of developers or publishers. This isn't really all that different for us. Well, mm-hmm. we look at it and we go like we can we can look at it and be like, yeah, that looks like a looks like they use some GTA Five as GTA Five assets to prototype some new gameplay ideas, and mm. we understand that. But but Tam, graphics come first in game the, development. Yeah, that, uh, that's the problem. <laughs> first like, thing where they you do. Get, and I talked about this on Twitter, but like, there's an alarming amount of people who have no idea how video game development works, despite being out there very confidently talking about how video games work. And I'm just like, you guys, this is wild. Tough, Dude, we work. have no idea how video game development works, and yeah. we live and breathe video games 24 exactly. seven. Like, we have absolutely no fucking clue. Yeah, I, th- I think like for Rockstar, it's got to be frustrating because it's yeah. like. Especially for Rockstar, who has this very specific, very kind of like, they're even, Rockstar makes top tier games. Rockstar also like announces top tier games and markets top tier games. Every aspect of their kind of game rollout, ranging from release of screenshots to, mm. to like simple things like, you know, just teases and stuff is 
very carefully curated. So to have well, this let's also up, just put I just say the GTA remasters, which I think we need to also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, those, we'll those are because that yeah, is the one big misstep to the yeah, rule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. like the games were biffed, but like um, they still tried their best to kind of course correct. Um, but like the 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 fact that this has come along and kind of like upended them has got to be frustrating for them. But also, like a lot of these developers that are working on it are like probably not feeling too great about this. Um, no. I would have preferred to get the you know the classic polished first time treatment just to get a better idea of their vision um and i think that's the trickiest part of it right now where it's like oh we've heard rumors and we about it being a bonnie and clyde style story and i would have liked to have seen their vision for that as they wanted us to kind of see it instead of like here's a male character walking up to another character and you can see the text uh, kind of propped coming up in mm. and the the engine working to feed the lines and that kind of stuff. And it's just like, yeah, uh, it's it's not great um, for, for anyone, really. I, I actually feel a little bit different in the sense that I don't really think it's that big a deal and I don't feel the surprise has been spoiled at all. As in, like, for example... Uh, Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling, they got f- photographed as Ken and Barbie, right? Let's That's, go. This is a podcast I want to be on. Finally. <laughs> Hell yeah, All right. man. Hell yeah. So I'm like, okay, those photos look fucking sick. They look super cool. Go them. But at the same time, I don't feel like Barbie, that movie has been spoiled for me. Okay, I'm going somewhere with this. Just bear okay, with me, okay. Tam. Okay, bear with me, right? <laughs> the fall of that, I think you mean Margot Robbie looks hot and and so does uh, Ryan Gosling. <laughs> That's what you're but saying. My point, my point with all this is that the Barbie movie, which I'm very excited about, has not been spoiled. It's like we saw a picture of them dressed up, but the movie is all of this extra stuff, the connective tissue, the script, the the soundtrack, the whatever else. So, yeah, I know what they look like now as Ken and Barbie. Okay. But I'm still really looking forward to that trailer and I'm still looking forward to that movie because that's what it's all about. And I feel very much the same way with these leaks because- Go on, you go. I was going to say the difference is the, a movie- a movie screenshot leaks, we look at it and we go, looks good, doesn't look good, we move on with our lives. A game yep. screen, a game le- uh, like video leaks and like the, this is the discourse now. Like mm. this is the only, like from now until the next time Rockstar talks about this game, which is, could be years, this is the discussion. And it's based on a thing that is kind of like early and, and, and that kind of stuff. So I get what you're saying. For me, I don't care one bit because I, I've already forgotten most of what I saw. So I'm fine. Sure. I've yeah. got a shit memory, which, which like helps me massively. <laughs> but like, Every time there's a discussion around GTA now, everyone's mm. going to be like, oh, well, look, shit, we saw that well, that, uh, that thing. I'm just going to be like, oh, God, right, I, these people are here again. I don't know. I, look, okay. I would contrast this with like The Last of Us 2 leaks, for example, which mm. um, I was certainly exposed to prior to launch, despite the fact that I tried to avoid them, but everyone just posts them in every corner of the internet. And if you have a comment section on YouTube, then oh, it's impossible. Yeah, That's you're it. Ruined. So- um, those were terminal leaks, I would say, because they permanently, they spoiled one of the biggest moments in the game. And I think they corrupted the narrative around that game forever. And it set this kind of cycle in play that the game never really recovered from. I'm not seeing that same cycle emerging here. I think, yeah, there's going to be your bad faith actors and your really ignorant people that don't know anything. And they're like, this looks shit. 
But I think on the whole, most people are talking more about the fact that it leaked rather than the contents of the leak. And that, yeah. for me, is sort of testament to the fact that there wasn't much there. You know what I mean? But also, yeah. in a way, like, Rockstar has barely- but they, I mean, they have they have formally acknowledged the existence of GTA Six, but they have not really gone into a lot of detail about it. And the fact that this leaked, it must feel for like for some people who are, you know that it's just nice to know that it does actually really exist and it is further along than perhaps. Yeah. It sure. Made, a PowerPoint I mean, deck. Yeah. The stuff yeah. that I saw in there, some of it was like pretty cool. Yeah. Like it yeah. looked really interesting. So like, by no means am I like this is ruined. GTA 6. Not at all. Like, for me, I was like, cool. Looks like you're trying to do some stuff with this game. Looks interesting. Yeah. Um, I'm excited about it. Like, I, I'm always going to be excited about it. I, I think that the thing is, like, for them, they're like, well, we did, this is not how we wanted it to happen. No. And, and like, I am I am chronically online, as as we all are. <laughs> so I just know that for the next year until they show off some sort of polished trailer is going to get, like, weirdos just talking about this specific thing and this leak. Mm. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I, like here's the thing. I don't give a shit either way. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. <laughs> it it, it isn't. I, I think all it really did. Like I feel like by the end of the week, maybe like the news cycle has been so intense. But like now that we're recording this podcast, it almost feels like oh yeah, that did happen. And like when you are <laughs> online so much, it's like I see less people talking about it already, which is crazy when you do think about it. The fact that it is like the biggest thing. It's the follow up to like the biggest thing in the world. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think for me, it just takes the wind out of my sails for I like I like when like the first trailer comes out for a thing and like we dissect the trailer like I love yeah. dissecting the first Red Dead 2 trailer, you know, the Grand Theft Auto trailer like that stuff's fun. So now it's going to be like when this trailer drops, it's going to be like, oh, it seems like you might play as a girl. I wonder what's going to happen mm. there when it's like, you know, mm. we saw a bunch of like random mm. shit a year ago, a year prior or so like that. I tell you what, you can look forward to dissecting oh, the no. lawsuit that will result oh, okay. from this. <laughs> Once I, the I, FBI catch this dude and like you put him on trial, like he goes, that could be interesting. Let's make a movie. Can- I, I want to yeah. see that. It's not that. that I don't have faith in Tam, but when he said, you know what, you can dissect, I genuinely oh, thought a D's nuts joke was coming. <laughs> yeah, That's I was what like, I was, I was really like, 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 waiting for it. No, don't we <laughs> touch 100%. My, don't well, we cut on, it there, into my balls? <laughs> there has already been a terrible uh, rock star uh documentary so i don't know if you guys ever got it it was uh starring daniel yeah oh man at the end the last scene about this they have scrubbed that shit from the internet like i i did um a video like history of grand theft auto and i was talking about game changes which is what it was called you can't find it for love nor money no way wow interesting uh, could not find that one however Football Factory was produced by Rockstar Games, technically. So uh, I don't know what Football Factory is. What is that? It's a British movie about footballers. Right. Okay. Also not good. (laughs) Right. Okay. But um, I was going to say, so like, are you? I think I feel like we've talked about it. Like, it's it has. It's not the best way of seeing the game for the first time. But like, are you more or less excited about GTA after some of the stuff that's kind of come out from these leaks? I feel pretty good. I was like, all right, cool. It seems like uh, like it, it's like we can't see what the next big leap really is. We just see that there is a game that confirms a lot of the rumors that have been kind of swirling around. Mm. I, I don't know. Like, I, I like at least seeing that. Like, yeah, you saw people be like graphics bad. 
game looks bad. But like, I don't know. I think overall, like most people seem pretty like all right on it, which as somebody who just makes video online, I'm just like, our future is secure. (laughs) For the next like four <laughs> years, four or five years, we have something like to just safe. always go to at least. I think yeah. the the interesting part of it is like they've gone down from three characters to two characters, which is really exciting for me because like they managed to pull off some really cool things with the yeah. three character um, kind of setup where they were, you know, zooming in and out into characters. And each time mm-hmm. it'd be like, you're zooming on Franklin and he's doing something weird or like, you know, any of the other Trevor's up to no good again. Um, and like going back to two characters makes me think, oh, they've, that creates the runway to do more interesting things with the environment and put them in more interesting situations. I love the idea of taking that you know how it was where like you'd you'd zoom in, you'd be playing as Michael and you'd switch over to Trevor and Trevor's like in the middle of a, a gunfight or something. You'd be like, oh shit. Like doing that with a Bonnie and Clyde situation where you're also combining it with, you know, um, planning heists or something like that. Mm-hmm. It feels like they could do some really cool things and not having, you know, the resources taken up by an extra character means any number of things. The AI could be better. The city could be denser, you know, the any number of different things in the way the game's constructed could be improved because of that. And also they're working off current generation technology. So it's definitely exciting as a prospect. And I love the idea of them doing a Bonnie and Clyde story. Like I never, just the, just that on paper, Rockstar is doing Bonnie and Clyde is like really cool cool to me. Very cool. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm always, I I don't know if I, where I heard it, but like I'm imagining a scene of Pulp Fiction with like, Honey Bunch and whatever. That's what I'm Anybody imagining. Not Bonnie and Clyde. Move. Yeah. That's right. That's yeah. that's the duo that I'm imagining, you know? Yeah. yeah I, I also so. think uh the seemingly the the location and the more real world version of it, uh, I think has cool ramifications for story. I just love how Rockstar can comment on American culture and I think where it takes place, it can show some really really awful awful things uh, and how things can be for people in this country um and it would be really cool for them to to do that especially if they're coming hot off of i'm hoping coming hot off of red dead they want to continue telling you know uh insightful stories where five i thought some of the commentary like and how it poked fun in america didn't didn't really i don't know it felt a little like we've been here we've done this I think by radically changing the location, I, I think it can feel it can feel pretty fresh. Here's here's my prediction. <clears throat> I'm gonna go on record and say it. Here we All go. GTA right. six will no. be the first fully multiplayer campaign in in GTA history. I think that's yeah, I think that's a good that. I think that's I a think, good guess. Yeah. I think that's yeah. gonna be mm. two people, like two co-op. characters, co op mm. full campaign. Mm. Um and that just makes per- mo- the most sense for this, like Bonnie and Clyde setup. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, you take those characters online. Yeah. And like, the, but the idea of like you having two separate campaigns that intersect at the same time, like you can be on two separate sides of the city doing different things that eventually, you know, converge yeah. to, to one thing sounds amazing. I bet you mm. that's their big leap. Oh, that's pretty ambitious. Yeah. That'd be yeah. Fun. I mean, yeah. And it kind of marks in with the ethos that Rockstar have where they do push themselves each game yeah. push right. themselves and, and also like the learnings if you look at what they have been building up recently or, or since five and four as well like it makes perfect sense because like they have sunk a hell of a lot of time and effort into online and creating mm-hmm. you know getting really familiar with the idea of a lot of people in one shared environment 
if, and story they, campaigns yeah throughout and, and campaigns and like heist stuff like they yeah. did that they had a couple of those in the main uh, campaign and they started doing smaller bits of it if they if their idea is now let's scale that back two people and build a campaign around a co-op uh, 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 story with these things and you can still all these do these major things that one seems achievable and two seems very exciting and three like when they do announce it as like fully co-op campaign um that's going to be a big deal for everyone i think yeah move over resident evil 5 yeah see you later <laughs> sheva hey guys get out of there sheva <laughs> uh ralph you mentioned obviously the uh the gta remasters from last yeah. year yeah uh it was last year yeah crazy oh, christ where does the time go uh you yeah, and like you know and the kind of the outpouring uh towards rockstar as a result of these leaks has been kind of positive people are commiserating with rockstar um because you know this was out of their control they they suffered a breach an attack um from this guy who doesn't even yeah. know what he was really someone at slack is getting a phone call though a hundred percent is that how they, yes. they, did they social slack, engineering yeah. again oh my god um but yeah so like with regards to the you you brought up the uh the gta remasters earlier ralph did you have anything mm. to kind of go off yeah i mean i just there? i feel like that is forgotten in all of this as well because i mean like i really do feel very sorry for the rockstar workers who work and create things and are, take pride in their work and are interested to show stuff off but at the same time like rockstar company take two company pulled some serious bullshit last year with the gta remasters and i think that's really been forgotten like this is a company or a set of companies that specifically withheld all actual gameplay prior to the launch of those titles. They also did not provide a review window for those titles, specifically so they could hide how broken they were and the fact that they were basically mobile ports as well, right? I can't think of a game in recent memory that hasn't had a review window, by the way, that is exceedingly rare these days, except for like online titles where like they launch day one with all the servers, you know? Can you guys think of anything that hasn't had a review window in the last few years? Oh, yes, I know one. I, I know one. Which one? You what? What? what am I? Fig- no, Tam, it's your one. It's absolutely the one you were going to say. <laughs> no, say say your one because I don't think it is. <laughs> Demon Souls. Demon Souls didn't have oh. yet. Demon Souls didn't have a review window, but I. I it was weird totally because like it, it, it. I don't think you can tell when a a uh, a uh, game doesn't have a review window because something's up. And you can tell yep. when there doesn't have a review window because it's just like, you know, we are going by the seat of our pants here and we will get sure. it. And that's what Demon Cells felt like. Demon Cells felt like it's it's just going to come in hot. We're sorry. It's PlayStation yeah, 5 launch title. Yeah, because the, they didn't yeah. turn the servers on for yeah. that. I mean, right, like, yeah, right. Sony like gave us access to literally everything. They were like, we, we just, yeah. there's like, we can't. There's sure. a game that does, I mean, like, I'm not going to say it because it's, it's not out yet. <laughs> so. Oh, shit. Message. It, it's it's actively right now that I've been like, where is the code, man? Where is oh, the code? Oh, right. Okay. And multiple okay. people have been like, this seems weird. And I'm like, it does seem weird. Uh-uh. <laughs> what, an upcoming release? <laughs> yeah, this is going to be the, the focus of the, the uh, comments now, isn't it? But I promise <laughs> yes. you, it's way less exciting than you think. Oh, is it like, is it an indie title? There's a double A, triple A? <laughs> Let's just move on. I'll tell you guys okay. later. <laughs> oh. Okay. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Um, okay, but look, I, I, even though with Demon Souls, we did see gameplay prior yeah, to we launch. Did. We did. Uh, and so I feel like, and, and also don't forget that back then Rockstar delisted the original games so you couldn't play them on Steam. 
And they also, DMCA struck a whole bunch of community mods that were non-monetized, community-created mods. They even DMCA struck a save file. Like, there's a 65% completed save file that Rockstar DMCA struck for reasons. You know what I mean? So, I definitely feel sympathy for the workers. 100% sucks for them. But at the same time, like, I don't really feel much sympathy for Take-Two Interactive. Like, genuinely, no. Like, it's just- Again, you, you you hide gameplay for your upcoming game to hide how broken it is. And then, you know, your next title gets leaked. I made the joke on Twitter that was like, well, at least we got to see some gameplay for GTA 6 prior to launch, which is more than we could say for Thingo. And everyone, some people were like, dude, that was in bad taste. I'm like, no, it's not. It's true. Okay. That's a true statement. That's what happened. And that's how it goes, you know? So Did you refer to it as Thingo in the tweet? Yeah. I didn't do Thingo. I just, you know. I'm just rolling here on the podcast, the podcast mm. lingos. You know how it is. You get me. You understand. The, you, know, you know what I'm talking about. The podcast lingo. The podcast lingo. <laughs> the only podcast lingo we have is like, oh, friend of the show. Uh, True. The, no, no, the, uh, the, uh, the, what is it? Uh, gaming Infinity Stones. Was it, was it the one? That's right. Tam, did you know that you're an Infinity, I, an Infinity I, Stone? Yeah. I learned and I was very excited. I hope that I'm power. <laughs> Because there's a lot of those. And you, I was thinking yeah, you were mind. Mind. I'll take mind. Uh, last week, yeah. yeah um, uh, Gene was like, "Oh, you've got the Avengers of podcasting," here. and I was like, "What's going on with these lot?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're in the pocket of big Marvel, <laughs> uh, be known as the Fantastic Four. Thing I'd, I'd like to think of us as like the Netflix Marvel shows yeah. of, of gaming <laughs> podcasting. You are like the, the I'm Jessica Jones, <laughs> right? Nice, nice. Oh my god. Well, uh in keeping with kind of the the leak conversation, uh this is one of the the biggest leaks uh of of any video game, I think. Certainly in recent memory, yeah. uh, uh The Last of Us was uh 2020, but obviously there was the Half-Life 2 leak, um Fallout 4. How do how do you think this one compares? Do you think we're all just too online now and that's why the conversation seems like it's been a bit bigger or do you think it's because of the fact that it is Rockstar? Mm-hmm. Rockstar definitely amplifies it a lot, yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this is literally GTA Five is the most profitable media product in the history yeah. of humanity. <laughs> yeah. So uh, then that obviously brings the stakes up. But as I said before, I don't think it's that big a deal. I'm not sure if anyone. I mean, yeah. I, I, it's a big. We're we're very fixated on GTA Six, but apparently all the source code for GTA Five and uh, online yep. is out yeah. there. Yeah, that's which the crazy. So a pretty crazy thing because that's actively in in you know live, and mm. someone could potentially reverse engineer some wacky shit and get in mm. there and be like, "Remember this weird game that is constantly doing insane shit? I'm about to make it worse for all of you." Um, and and that's potentially. Or they could just give everyone unlimited yeah, funds. Un- one they could just be like the the Robin yeah. Hood of the video yeah. games world, and everybody like protect this man, and then he'll yeah. have a safe house anywhere he goes. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> which we'll be yeah, fine well, then. yeah, he'll have a safe house, which Rockstar will nuclear strike immediately. <laughs> right. And like, just finally, leave, they'll like, change the map. The, his, they'll get his character <laughs> and like put it on a pike in in Liberty City or wherever. <laughs> just- it is, like, Los Santos, and be like, Los- remember. Mm. This is what happens. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, speaking of leaks in general, I mean, it feels like being as online as we are, as involved in video game discourse and culture as we are, leaks are kind of par for the course kind of now. Yeah. Uh, you get, you know, the Twitter accounts. We will get to the insider in a minute. Bloody hell. Because uh, <laughs> uh, that was another thing this week. Sorry, my cat. Oof, off she goes. Um yeah, but like there's also, you know, 
journalists, people saying, I heard. Um, where do you kind of, where do you guys kind of stand on on hearing leaks and rumors? There's subreddits, there's tweets, there's everything. Because in one side of things, it's like, oh, okay, you know, it's good to sort of at least get an, an an idea, even if it's misguided, of like what could be coming up, what could be happening. But then you know you get the the other side of it where it's ruining the the surprise and the excitement of events and and announcements. Mm. So where do you guys stand on that? Hmm. I don't I know. like how this hmm. is two two in a row. I've asked a question. You've all kind of sat there in contemplative. Yeah, you've given us. I'm actually trying to find. There's that. There was that one instance of someone walking into a trade show and picking up a demo unit and walking out. I was trying to find out. Remember oh, what game right. it was? That oh. was like the most audacious leak of all time. Where this person was like, "I'm just going to take this entire fucking." I will just and then there was also like all the iPhone stuff where someone's like left their iPhone, oh, yeah. the iPhone prototypes in a cafe or whatever, and well, it gets shared was, around. Someone so. was working on a presentation for what was it? Tomb Raider? A Tomb Raider game? It was, it was the a, third Tomb Raider. Yeah, on That's a right. on, a, on a metro. Yeah. yeah. There was also that lad, that absolute numpty, that left a USB in a medieval times. Remember that guy? <laughs> 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 what was on? What was on that USB? Stick. Just, just choke my no, memory. Not a video game. Oh, it was, it was <laughs> magic tricks, as I believe Jesus was the explanation. Christ. Certain type of magic. So yeah, it's yeah. interesting. Why you guys though- would fuck me on this. Is uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> with the um, with the leak stuff, though, it's funny how like how much that whole like oh I heard or like there's a rumor or like this cool guy tweeted this thing. Uh, how much that doesn't really permeate uh towards the the bigger the bigger picture i mean to then jump back to grand theft auto uh i was waiting around to see if my more like normal friends that love grand theft auto but aren't hyper online uh would text me about it and i haven't heard a peep like nobody really nobody really knows so it hasn't permeated as much so it Mm. it's like if something as big as that doesn't really get out that far or it be exposed that much then like who cares too much about someone tweeting about something? Like, I feel like it only goes so far. It'll, it's like for us, for us, by yeah. us, if you will. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, these, these leaks really got me thinking about <clears throat> the morality of leaks as we consider them and, and deal with them every day in our line of work, because we're like, Oh, this person leaked some gameplay files that showed Grand Theft Auto. It's like, okay, well, fair enough. That's, obviously bad in many contexts, but at the same time, it's like, well, many journalists that we look to regularly leak the existence of projects, you know, like we have mm-hmm. your Jason Schreier's and your, and your, and your um, Jeff Gr- um, yeah, Grubbs and your um, Tom Henderson's and uh, whoever, you know, like Andy from Video Game Chronicle, their business is finding out what's going on behind the scenes and then reporting on it. And so we know, we knew that there was an Iron Man game in development before mm-hmm. it was announced. That's for sure. Same with Black Panther. Same with a lot of games, you know. And yeah. so why is it bad for this to happen? And just, oh, you've seen some gameplay. Okay. Why is that so bad? But then Jeff Grubb confirming an Iron Man game is in development at EA. That's not bad. Is it because and one I'm not was passing- like a, is it because one was like a crime? <laughs> like stealing files <laughs> from a company? Yeah. Well, well do you, okay. Do you think I mean, it's like- but like well, the existence of some I, I, again, I'm not I, like I'm just asking questions in a broad yeah, yeah. sense here. No, like, yeah, I'm just I, I reflecting know. I'm just on the question. Yeah, yeah, I'm just trying. Right. <laughs> no, you, you bring I, up an interesting point where it's no. like is it's it's like there's almost like should there be 
Or is there like an unwritten like rules of engagement? Is it not about yeah. like what you leak, but it's like, did you leak it the right way? Yeah, you know? Sun yes. Tzu's the art of leak. The art yeah. of the yeah. leak. Yeah, because obviously it, Jason Schreier leaked Fallout 4 uh, location and, and details many years ago. Mm. Very famous leak mm. uh, that's kind of sort of followed him throughout his career in many contexts. Was that, which was, who was the, was he the press sneak fuck? Yes. Was that uh, the one that I, he got called press sneak fuck for? He didn't get that from no, that, I, that I don't was, think. I want to no. say, I want to say. Wasn't that someone was at IGN? Rafael Antonio. Yeah. That's, that's I don't know. Yeah, right. I think like the, 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 the difference. Oh, it was Prey. And Prey, yeah, it was Prey. Um, they all ha- they wore all wore t shirts saying "press sneak fuck" on it. Remember it was they- it yeah. was um uh, about Jason. Oh no, um, no, we'll be con- we'll be contacted left and right by press sneak fucks who will want to know. Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Sure, sure. I think like the interesting thing about it is like the mechanics of the leak or how the leak came. I'm not saying one's better, but like the distinction here is in a lot of the situations where it's like a Schreier or a Grub or Henderson like leaking it, they've been told this by people who are insiders right like someone mm. who's working at the company who is or is is like has privileged knowledge of it through one company or, no, or another they tell these people the secrets and usually there's a as someone who has been told things in the past before um there's usually a kind of yeah you can you can leave this if you want or like you can mm. say this if you want mm. or it's like hey this is just for you don't tell anyone and yeah. in almost all these situations most journalists who i bet you all of these people that i just mentioned are abiding by the agreement that you know they have with these people the difference with this one is where where the moral question comes in is when you kind of break into someone's house to get the information if you know what sure. I mean. Like that's sure. where a line is probably being drawn in a lot of cases. Like I know if I was in this situation, if someone had given me the information voluntarily mm. or I asked them and they were like, Hey, here's, here's some information. And I'm like, am I called to publish this? And they're like, yep. Mm. That's different from me then trying to hack into from software and find out sure. where the fuck that bloodborne PC port is. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Of course, but, but I, I, I agree with that. I actually definitely agree with that. Yeah. But I also don't think that's the distinction that exists in people's minds no, when they- Do you know no. what I mean? Like, I don't think that's yeah. what we consider when we're like, is this leak good or bad? The, the, the legality of the way you obtain the information. Um, it, it's, so. it feels like the leak of something existing is exists in its own place rather than the leak of like a spoiler. And the spoiler could be- story it could be gameplay it could be any number of things but people's sensitivities to spoilers are very very different it goes by person by person right but Mm. like it feels like the existence of something doesn't ruffle as many feathers as the other like people 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 if they if they know that something exists they it's genuinely like excitement right Sure, unless it, unless it's the fucking Metroid Prime trilogy, because yeah. <laughs> <I think laughs> like, you know, that's the other part of it, right? It's like, and this is you know my my segue into talking about the Dan Allen stuff from this week, right? Where it's like sometimes you kind of get people just leaking shit based on pure speculation from their part, and then that's the other side of the coin where you get people excited over a leak that you've yeah released into the wild, and like a lot of the times projects get cancelled um, or just straight up don't exist the, the so. other thing is like the leaks haven't changed the the thing that has changed and has like really kind of skewed how we perceive it and treat it is the delivery um method of those leaks leaks mm. i remember 
They used these would happen as far back as the magazine days. Like I remember when it, it was so exciting when you found a leak in a magazine mm-hmm. and it felt good. And we all kind of like I think a lot of us built up our tolerance of leaks in that era. Um, because it was like you wouldn't hear about games for literally years. Mm. Like you you would not hear about like that leak would would happen and then a magazine, that magazine it would be in that magazine, and then that was it. You then the game would be announced like two years later or something like that. Um, and then over time, you know, forums happened, but forums are still kind of like an obscure place. Like leaks would happen, but it'd be in IRC channels. It might be in a specialist forum. It wouldn't be video game outlets aren't as prevalent as they are now. And then there certainly weren't like individual YouTubers and podcasters that were delivering this information. I think the tricky thing about leaks now is like at a time when it was so hard to get information on games and it was so hard for like uh, discussion around what's going on to propagate, that stuff was very, very acceptable. And we were like so cool with it. And we were like, oh yeah, this is this is the only information I'll get for ages. So I'm happy taking it. Mm. Now though, that stuff is getting given to us like instantaneously, every single day, all the time. The conversations are everywhere. And I think that's where it's like, oh man, our, maybe our attitudes around leaks are starting to shift because of that i'm not saying Mm. either way like for me Mm. a leak happens and i look at it if i want if i don't i don't and i'm cool with that but i think a lot of people are now like especially on the development side they're just like well we were going to tell you this in two days time like it's it's really but we're like it sucks that you you revealed every assassin's creed game a day before we were going to do it so that's where i think on their side is i i would be pissed if that was me Mm. And I think as well to your point about like the way that leaks used to be kind of self-contained, like there wasn't really as a, a wide-reaching social network as a Twitter or even Reddit back then, especially or certainly not YouTube. And so like the way that things happen now is that stuff gets leaked and the developers frequently will have a social media profile and they can be contacted by just people Everyone. who just every fucker who's like oh man this isn't like why why isn't this happening or blah 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 blah, blah. and you know it's just like yeah the, the point of like embargoes and keeping things secret is because games change a lot and so then if you release stuff or leak stuff that changes the expectations of the consumer at the end of the day then you know that's a conversation that the leaker doesn't have to manage that's something yeah. that like devs are gonna have to and, mm, and community sure. managers and we, we've talked in the past about like the role of a community manager is fucking difficult at the best of times. And then, you know, when you get misinformation out there, it must be fucking shit. That, that yeah. is a really cool, really interesting, like, point of, like, discussion. The blowback mm. it has on people who are, like, not, not involved, like, the Assassin's Creed games leak. And although anyone online who's got, like, work at Assassin's Creed or Ubisoft now has to potentially deal with the mess of that. And mm. those are people who, like, weren't involved in, they could not even be involved in development. It could be... That's their problem now. You're making the opinions of everyone who sees that the problem of a few people who might have worked on it. Mm. Especially with The Last of Us. I mean, that because you saw that with Naughty Dog just immediately being crushed with uh, blowback on the basis of those leaks and everyone. Because that was a malicious leak. That was, yeah, it it was deliberately tuned to pick the stuff that they knew would rile people. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, malicious. I don't know necessarily if it was malicious per se. Who knows what that person was thinking? I don't know. But clearly they knew that that was going to be the pivotal moment in the game. And so they were like, this is going to inflict maximum impact, whether or not they were trying to do damage or they were just trying to get a lot of clout. I don't know. But 
um, clearly that obviously would have then, and then yeah, again, as I said earlier, that just forever changed the dynamics around how we talked about that game. And also Naughty Dog couldn't have their right of reply during that process because the context for that moment in that game is everything, you know, it's, mm. it's, 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 you just look at it on its own and you can't process it. It needs to be processed in the context of the entire journey that, that Ellie goes on. So um, Naughty Dog just having to kind of sit quietly and wear that for the months that followed obviously would have been super tough, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, yeah. I, and I guess to, to finish off the, the leak end discussion. Oh, nice. I wish I could take credit that for good. that. I wish mm. I could oh. take credit for that. Now, we use it every E3 because everything always bloody leaks the weekend. Right. It's the freaking like the time- weekend. So for, like there was a time, was it 2018? Tam and I were in San Francisco already and we were in Levi's on Market Street. Oh my God. And Bethesda accidentally broadcast the rehearsal for their Bethesda showcase where they announced Dishonored 2. Oh my Hell God. Yeah, 2017. So Tam is in the middle of fucking Levi's writing a news story on his phone. That's I'm like great. trying to relay, like I'm watching the video back and like, okay, yeah, Harvey's definitely yeah. said Dishonored 2. And then I'm like poor- crouched down and this <laughs> poor like shop assistant walks walks up and she's like, do you need any hand? I'm like, no. no. Just like, I'll give a fuck about your jeans. I'm very about. But yeah, I mean, the other, the other leak, ed, the leak end thing would, uh, would be the Dan Allen, uh, snafu. Ooh, Fucking oh hell, God. boys. Yes. Yes. Oh my should, God. Should this I, is... should I give, explain? Because I actually on. was on this guy's channel recently, believe it or not. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. so basically. You did say that. <laughs> you were guesting yeah. on there or like you're just hanging out? I was there. guesting on there. Yeah. So he, I was on his, because he does interviews and he's like, he's messaged me in the past and just be like, hey man, I'd love to interview you one day on my channel. I'm like, you know, I'm kind of busy, <laughs> love, but whatever. But, this, but just recently I was like, yeah, sure, man, let's do it. Because, you know, he was, he was like, he seemed like a nice guy. He was on the grind and like he, was doing his thing and, you know, he was very well respected in the Australian content creation scene, as in like PR people, and he was liked, you know what I mean? So um, anyway, long story short, there was a Twitter account that popped up a few months back called The Real Insider, and it was pretty accurately predicting some stuff that was that was about to hit uh, here and there, picked up some notoriety on the back of that, and uh, recently- he posted up something about this this account posted up something about Call of Duty or, or no, a new development studio that picked up some some former Call of Duty talent. And someone then asked a question to the real insider Twitter account. And then a YouTuber by the name of Dan Allen responded to that question by saying, no, someone else. So he was answering the question. But in that moment, it was pretty obvious that he had forgot to switch from his fake account. He was on his main account and boom, he was busted. Jason yeah. Schreier then did some um, digging, comparing some of the <laughs> stuff that the dead. This uh, the really funny My thing is, is that on a, yeah, he's on pretending. The really that's right. But the really funny thing is that um, the real insider had beef with Jason Schreier because Schreier kind of. Called, said, oh, one of this, one of the things that Real Insider was saying is fake about Assassin's Creed. And uh, and then the Real Insider, it was true in the end, 
because he knew it was true because he'd signed an NDA to fucking see it and he knew it was true. And so the real insider kind of like, you know, dangled it over Jason's head and made him apologize or something. And then Jason was like, I'll remember that. Oh, yeah, Jason <laughs> yeah. will remember and that. Like, you don't I fuck swear, with on him. the birth of my next child, <laughs> I will right. have my revenge. <laughs> exactly. So Jason got his vengeance in the end because oh he was the God. one that kind of went back at Dan Allen's uh, posts and cross-referenced them and whatever else and um, and confirmed it all. Uh, Dan Allen- Originally denied it in his Discord, uh, and then he publicly acknowledged it on with a uh, Twitter notes, a notes with his little notes thing. Uh, and then he deleted his Twitter account, and then he did a video on YouTube saying he was sorry. He also admitted in that same video that he had completely fabricated um, any leaks about Gear, Metal Gear yeah. and Silent Hill. And it's like, dude, fuck you! Like of all the fucking things you could make up, like of all the things. It's those two franchises. Yeah. They've suffered enough. It, so it's um, unfortunate too. With the, uh, the basically as as YouTuber Dan Allen, he was he was doing things where he was agreeing to getting access to information and correct. agreeing to an NDA or an embargo, and then using this Twitter account to be like, "Oh, I'm yes. an insider. Here are some things." Where it was something yeah, that he got in good faith. Yes, and yeah. violated well, that trust, and that makes things not yeah. even necessarily good faith. You're getting that yeah, in a legally binding fucking. That's document. right. That's, yeah, yeah. Some, I don't of, know the, words. some yeah. of the NDAs I've seen over the years, you do he's, not. Yeah, they're pretty intense. He's very lucky that they don't do like monetary damages in most NDAs. There was a period where they would be like, when you sign the NDA, I don't know if you guys saw these, but like it would be like, if you fuck this up, here's the amount we will be coming for. And yeah, it was wow. like. Like a Sometimes million. it was like jaw dropping. Where yeah. I was like, "Ah, oh, okay." Yeah, 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 yeah. It's crazy. So, um, yeah, spectacularly stupid move. He's Australian based, by the way, and so um, you know, I've definitely heard from a few Australian PR slash publisher people just howling with laughter at this fucking guy, like just torching his career for. Just cloud. internet clout, just and not even cloud on main, clout on a fucking burner account. Do you the, know what I mean? The, like, yeah, side spectacularly yeah. stupid. Yeah. The wildest thing is like his his insider account's got like not that many follows compared to his like it's like four K. He's actually got a, a following. He's got yeah. like yeah. he had a, a hundred thousand YouTube subscribers. He was two hundred thousand. Yeah, two hundred thousand. Like he was a name in in the and, in the business, and like you squandered mm. that for what? He was Twitter. also doing for Twitter. Twitter doing- is bad. It corrupts people. It's such a bad place. Look what it <laughs> no, did to this poor young man. You leave, you leave Twitter alone, okay? <laughs> he was also uh, doing interviews with voice actors, and that was a really good offering on yeah. his channel because he would basically get voice talent from all sorts of games. And he would, he was actually doing a playthrough most recently with the voice actor from Red Dead One. He was doing a play along. Oh, he was doing yeah. I don't know his name actually, but whoever the voice actor was, he he has never actually played Red Dead before. This voice actor has never played the, the game that he voiced, and so Dan Allen was playing through this game with him for the first time. That's cool content. I would have mm. liked to have watched yeah, that. That's huge. That doesn't exist. That's probably not going to exist anymore as a result of this. So, um, very it's silly. Very unfortunate that when you search Dan Allen on YouTube, the fourth search is to catch a predator. That's right. That's the other one that pops up there. So oh. But, um, a different Dan Allen. It's know. a different Dan Allen. It yes, is a yes, different yes. Yes. <laughs> Just to clarify that. We don't want to get sued ourselves, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, it, but is, it's, it is with John Marston. Oh, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. That's a crazy yeah. get. It is. Because it he's not, is. like, yeah. out there. Oh my he's God, not yes. online. 
I saw a headline that said infamous leak and I was like, this dude leaked another infamous? What? <laughs> <laughs> but um, it really, it, it's, I mean, obviously we've talked about the impact mm-hmm. of leaks on developers and games and like it, this is very inside baseball-y stuff. It's very yeah. self-serving stuff because we are a yeah. very small community of content creators and journalists and whatever else. But like this sort of stuff really fucks us because- yeah. Basically, the YouTube, like YouTube is way less respected slash trusted in a coverage sense than media is. I've definitely heard it from various places, both overtly and sort of like subtly, that people don't, that media, sorry, that that publications, uh, sorry, publishers don't trust YouTubers, right? And so they're willing to go to print because they think it's a safe pair of hands, even if that print publication is a lot smaller than the reach of a YouTuber because they think it's just safer. And this exact thing is why. This exact fucking thing is the reason Mm. why that exists. And it sucks because it just, yeah, it's super annoying. Especially in A and Z, by the way, because there's so few coverage opportunities here. And so it's like, oh, God. I think that's the big thing for me. I'm like, from a regional perspective, I know how tricky it can be to, like, build Mm. a community and build a a kind of, like, a network of people in, in the region that you guys are in. And it's like- yeah. This just this is like and and a lot of that comes from like home base, you know the the Japan's and the Americas of the world not giving those regional teams the kind of go ahead to reach out and supply that kind of stuff. And totally, this is the totally. kind of thing where it's like those teams remotely aren't going to be as charitable to the situation as they might PRs in locally will be. And so yeah. like you're just you're just hurting a massive community of people. The interesting well, thing is yeah. like. Uh, have you read the comments in on his apology video? I have. Oh, yes, dude. Yeah, yeah. 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 Very place. interesting. There's, yeah, yeah, yeah similar is. to um, well, we all remember Philip. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like, Philip's it's, it's, similar. It's just you know, cult really personality awesome. a little bit. Like you'll bounce back from this. Yeah, and- a lot of people being like, yeah, no, you, you, it'll be okay. You did it, which is like, okay, are you? What's going on here? Like, uh, I, I'm all for like rehabilitation and and like being like, yeah, you you. You you screwed up. You you did you did your time. You you kind of like were remorseful, and you've spent some time to think about it. And you, but these people are instant forgiving. Oh wait 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 wait! And now <laughs> like, now that it's been a day since the apology video has gone out, like uh, the the weighted uh, thumbs up on comments, it has changed. Like the top is all. It, it's basically everyone is just fucking disappointed. It does have sixty nine right. six nine six likes though, which is pretty nice. That's good. That is nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh cool. yeah, here we go. On, like this is this is um. This is a comment. Like, unfortunately, I see a lot of people saying we forgive you, and I don't think it matters that your fans accept your apology. While it's nice for you to say you're sorry, forgiveness is something only the people you've truly hurt can decide to offer. Mm. They don't need to accept your apology or forgive you. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I just say I can't imagine that uh, any publisher slash PR agency that I speak to here in ANZ will ever take this guy's phone call ever again. Yeah, that's certainly the running sentiment that I have heard from um, people. But look, you know, who knows? I mean, it's- who knows? I, I mean, like, like I said, I'm all for rehabilitation. I feel yep. like this, like I would love to see, oh, I mean, like, I don't really know who he was before this, but like, I hope that he can go away, like grow from this and come back. He's probably not going to get a lot of trust from a lot of people, but that's just the L you're going to have to take for, for, that, yeah. for doing that. Yeah. And that's the consequences of it. But maybe he can come back and figure out another way to yeah. provide <laughs> some sort of entertainment yeah. or like. 
and people. And to and to his credit, I will say that in his apology, he was like really honest because like some apologies were very much like I don't know. We've all seen lots of shitty YouTube apologies, <laughs> uh, and he was very much just like, yeah, I was a fucking loser, and yeah. I was cloud chasing, and I was addicted, and I'm a fucking idiot, and I'm a dumbass, and whatever else. Like he owned it, and fair enough, respect for that. That's yeah. something, you know, because again, not a lot of people are capable of that level of sort of honesty and self reflection. So, yeah, I, I'm with you on that, actually, as in, you know, best of luck to him. I don't imagine that m- anyone or m- certainly most uh, publishers or PR agencies will want to deal with him ever again. But hopefully he can find a way to mm. grow and live and still find some happiness. You know? Also, to be fair, like not to, but like you can make content, you can be a gaming content creator yeah. and never yeah. speak to those people ever. I yeah, exactly. halfway do. So, <laughs> yeah, sure, sure, sure. Uh. One of the things that I know we've all been watching and enjoying is Cyberpunk Edge Runners, and we are going to go to an interview that we did with uh, Raphael Yaki, who, uh, like I said, showrunner, uh, exec producer, and uh, creator of the anime. Please enjoy. Coming at you with another friend per second. They just they just keep coming every second. Today, we're joined by Raphael Yaki, who is the uh, creator and executive producer of Cyberpunk Edge Runners, the hot new Netflix anime cyberpunk show that has taken the world by storm. We're really excited to have you here coming at you from uh, Poland. Uh, how's every- First of all, how's everybody feeling uh, after the launch of the show? It's, it's popping off. How are you feeling and how are the people you worked with feeling? Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, it's, you know, as a big fan of all of you, um, it's, a, it's an honor. Um, I think everybody's feeling a little bit great and overwhelmed at the same time to be honest in that sense that surely something will go wrong <laughs> still <laughs> show's but, already you know, out it's already yeah. been seen by millions of people but no something else will go wrong now <laughs> this is not game game, online. Okay? People, are, people are not going to find a bug with the show okay it's fine it works <laughs> no, no, we, we have a we have a running joke in the crew uh that maybe you know uh because there's a lot of uh photo synthetic things that are happening on screen that somebody might get an attack and just die because of watching the show and then the headline will be somebody died watching the show right so hopefully that doesn't happen there is a warning and everything but you know we never know how things will roll out but but no uh, jokes aside i think you know everybody's feeling uh, a lot of pride humbled that people like it you know when you do such a thing for six years took me six years i think to do so you know you at a certain moment you have like this is bad like nobody will like it like you've seen this 30 times and is it any good anymore it's like this feeling of lingering uh of like is it good like did we do well and i think the validation that came in uh from people is super rewarding yeah so what i want to know is is how you uh ended up working on the show if you could give us like a quick path to getting there because i mean you're a comic book writer most recently with the witcher ronin you co-created gwent thank you for your service uh so <laughs> so how did you end up creating like a, a a a big netflix show that people are like really digging well the, the the thing is that i have this tendency of like because i'm the in cdpr it was very common knowledge that i'm the biggest nerd in the office like hands down like nobody disputed me for 10 years and (laughs) because of that there's this notion of the edge right because i love something so much it actually comes a little bit easier 
to try to come up with stuff because you're like, yeah, I play board games 20 years. I love them. Let's create a card game, right? Or, you know, I had this mix of, I was the editor for comic books for CDPR for eight years. And I love comic books, you know, for again, 20 plus years. And then like, yeah, I can write a comic book. How hard can it be? <laughs> right. And it's like, and the show came, came about very similar because uh, I think in 2017, 16, 17, something like that. Um, I asked Adam Badowski, who's the uh, chief creative officer uh, uh, of the studio. It's like, can we do an anime for cyberpunk? Because there's like three distinct um, kind of uh, influences of the genre specifically, right? Mm -hmm. There's the slice of like Blade Runner and everything that kind of encompasses that. Uh, but that, I mean, like the books, right? You know, yeah. electric sheep and everything. And then you have the slice of like the movies, right? Blade Runner included again, but kind of everything that packs in, in, in there. And then you have the anime, which is clearly an influence as well for many people that worked on the game. And for me, because, you know, again, as a fan, I was like, I started watching anime when I was like 12. So a lot, 23 years ago, <laughs> I still remember watching Neo Genesis Evangelion in VIV format. The files were 16 mega, megabytes and you, oh, wow. you oh, yeah. could absolutely see nothing because in Poland at the yeah. time, you couldn't get actually like maybe a VHS from an uncle in the States if you're really lucky or something. Right? That was <laughs> at the time that everything happened. So, so yeah, uh, from that end, I thought it's a neat idea to explore. And I, you know, Adam is also a fan, you know, Akira goes in the shell, all the, all the obvious stuff. And he loves Japan as well. I actually speak the language because I graduated from Japanese philology uh, in Warsaw University. So I have the background. That's why Ronin and Edron oh. is my wheelhouse, because I actually know the culture in a mm -hmm. significant way. Uh, and I told him, like, you know, we're going for a business trip to Japan. Let's just, you know, let's make a deck. Let's speak with studios and see if it's really anything, right? Because I had no idea. like how expensive it is, how much time it takes, what is necessary to do this. And Adam, because he has this soft spot for me sometimes, indulges me. Like he was the one that said, yeah, you can do go, do, do Gwent. And, you know, so I have this kind of <laughs> effect maybe <laughs> of people. Um, and yeah, we went out to Japan. Uh, we met a bunch of studios. And all of them were kind of skeptical uh, because the pitch wasn't really there. We had we had one, but it wasn't really like it was. Let's make an anime, and that was it. There was no particular, uh, you know, story that was really thought out or built. But that was kind of gave me a little bit of experience of like, okay, when I reach out, I need to do this, and then I think a year later, uh, I kind of had this a little bit more concrete idea of what I wanted to do with the show. Mm -hmm. And then I said, okay, we're going to another business trip. Let's make it a little bit more serious. Like how many episodes, what kind of budget would we need? Uh, how many writers? And then I kind of went into my kind of producer mode, which is like, okay, so if I had to plan this out, this is how it should be done. Like this many people, this, this much money. And at that point, 
Well, we also figured, okay, nobody's going to give us enough money to do this because it's a crazy idea, basically. Uh, because the thing is that Netflix at this point, nobody's attached to it. Like we just want to produce it ourselves. And we actually did in that sense. Uh, so <laughs> what, what happened is that I assembled a small crew of three, four people and we made a pilot episode that was animatic. So black and white, very crude animation. We did all the voiceovers ourselves. <laughs> and, but we, like a proof of concept of, okay, okay, so this could be this. If we really put our minds to it, this is what potentially uh, could become a really great show. And we, I made this really like very detailed board presentation about you know, scheduling and voice work and how much music we needed and all of those things. And then we showed the pilot and luckily everybody loved it and said, wow, that's really cool. And they just gave me the budget and said, go run with it. So then I, a month later, I hop on to a plane to Japan. I meet a bunch of studios. Uh, I show them the plan. All the studios tell me that I'm crazy. <laughs> Uh, this is not, this is actually the studios, all, all of the studios I talked to, and I spoke with, you know, all the top tier, top 10 studios in Japan. Uh, they told me like, this is a live action project. This is not animation. Like the, really? yeah, that's very surprising. Um, because all of them was like, it's very, like the tone is super mature. Like it's quite depressing. <laughs> in that sense. Uh, it's, there's a lot of nuance and detail in it. Uh, and the, <laughs> we got a bunch of offers after that. Like we kind of established, okay, so the budget, the timing and everything. And, um, and we decided for Studio Trigger because they were quite similar to CDPR in a sense, which is like they, they don't really take work for higher stuff. They only do the things that they want. Mm-hmm. They're super, like, creatively, they're very independent. Like, they were opinionated about everything that I showed them. Like, in a very, I would say, for Japanese, very straightforward way. And I said, yeah, I think this will be tough to make with them, but I'm sure the quality will be good. Because they were like, yeah. and they, Because, you know, when you meet, uh, uh, you know, potential partners for such a project, Sometimes it's very polite and everybody exchanges like nice things, but that's mm-hmm. it. But they were the only one actually that really gave me shit for, for stuff that <laughs> you know, they thought were not there. And I'm like, yeah, that I like. This is what I can work with. And then actually um, it went down into two studios at the end. One is Production EG. Uh, and already the headlines would be, Makers of Ghost in the Shell and Cyber Black, oh, right? yeah. and then Trigger. But with Production EG, they're an amazing creative team. But they already had five or six projects on their slate. Wow. And what is wow. unique about Trigger is that they only have one pipeline of production, which <laughs> I don't know how much you know about producing anime, but generally speaking, it's that, that mm, a studio is more like a housing for different creators. It's very rare in Japan that actually the same crew does multiple shows, one after the other. It's once a show ends, they disperse and they go do different things. Uh, But Trigger is very different 
it's like one of the exceptions in the industry that they have the same creators in house for 10 years unemployment like they don't like do much of contract work or anything and they only produce one show at a time wow. which is great because you have the same talent that you want to have within a show mm-hmm. but at the same time they at that point already they had booked everything for seven years like in 2017 they already had a slate until 2023 Wow. Mm-hmm. And any uh, disturbance in production mm-hmm. would cascade to all the shows that they were supposed to make in the next seven years. So that happened to us like a lot. <laughs> uh, you know, the pandemic and everything uh, happened there. So, yeah, on, I think I've... I've diverted to different things because I don't even remember the actual question. That you <laughs> We're just asking how you are and how you're feeling. Honestly, when you said that, my producer brain just went, how does that work? <laughs> how are you only like doing one project? How So you're, you're shopping it around, you know, you said like 2016, 2017. When were... When did things really start to get moving with Trigger and how long has the show, has it, how long did it take to make a show? Like, like you said, I don't really have any concept of how long it takes to make an anime series. Mm. I, there's like three distinct stages, which are very, I think, similar in all the creative medium, which is like there's pre-production, production, and post-production. The only thing that actually is different a lot is that Pre-production in animation is the most important thing. Production is the the hardest in terms of physical labor, but it's not that complicated. Mm. It's just talent, time, and just effort, where everything needs to be figured out in in pre-production. And then post-production, of course, there's a lot of things happening there, but uh, it's a little bit easier. And what I mean by that is that pre-production for us was two and a half years. then a year of production and like nine months of post-production, more or less. Yeah. So how it was structured is that at first we were supposed to assemble writer's room and then give them the scripts and they would make the show out of those scripts. (laughs) And we tried to do that multiple times. And... um, we had we actually developed four shows for this, like four different shows. Wow! Uh, you mean four different plots? Like completely different shows, like, like about something entirely different. Wow! So we started at one point, and this is what Trigger agreed to do. Then once we sent them the scripts, they were like, mm, "We're not sure." <laughs> <laughs> and then we were like, "Okay, so we're doing another set of of scripts, very different." And they were like, this is again live action. You need to make it more animation. And we're like, okay. And then we did another set. And then we almost finished another set. Uh, and the thing was that <laughs> uh, gives me a little bit of a, you know, PTSD in that sense when I, <laughs> when I start talking about this. Is that, um, yeah, we, what happened is that Every single time, Trigger really loved the story. Like it was really good and they understood it and the characters were there. But they said, it's not doable. Like you are writing this as a movie. 
like a live action movie. You cannot do that. At a certain point, we were like, okay, so we'll hand you the scripts and you rewrite them from scratch like an anime, like 100%. So they did that. And this is where we kind of uh, hit the spot and we're like, okay, this now works and we can kind of do it. So the two and a half years were mostly this back and forth of like rewriting for several months, sending them the scripts that were like, hmm, not sure. Uh, and then once we kind of decided, okay, we no longer know how to do it differently. So they took over the actual script writing. So that's why in the credits, you can see that there's this story by and script by, yeah. right? Mm. So that's two distinctive credits that we have in the show. Uh, and of how course, different, sorry to interrupt, but how different, are? Yeah. Uh, how different was your initial script that you handed over to them versus the script that they finalized? Is it vastly different or is it like, no, they just punched it up a little. It was basically the same. No, I think it's very different. Uh, Very different in a sense that the story is about the same thing. The plot points were hit. Mm -hmm. The emotional arcs, all of them the same. But for example, I think I've commented on Twitter that Rebecca, for example, was not in the show in the script at all. Mm-hmm. Right. This is something that Trigger has added uh, once they start working on the uh, on it. So, if Rebecca wasn't there, I don't know what I would do with my life now. Right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, great. So, sure, the show um, would be a flop without her. Basically, yeah. we wouldn't yeah. be having this conversation. So, <laughs> so. But also, there's more stages. Right. We we said the scripts are there in pre-production. You know, all the concept art, on the location art, everything that needed to happen for this show to look how it looks. And believe me, that wasn't easy as well uh, because we clashed kind of the, the way that animation is done. We had no idea. And then the way video games are done, very different than how animation is done. So we, everybody flexed their muscles <laughs> and I was like, okay, this should look like this. And because we're, we're quite different uh, with maybe different partners that they worked in the past because we're actually a creative led company. Mm-hmm. Like CDPR is a creative led company. And so we have all these concept artists and all the people that actually didn't work in this field, but have the same muscle that they can kind of, you know, present. And so we, there was a phase where we were just like, oh, no, this should look like this. No, this should look like this. And it was like, before, because both companies super opinionated as well. It's like, no, no, this, no, no, this. So it was a lot of clash in, 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 the, in that end. But I think over the two and a half years, we built a lot of trust and like truly leap of faith trust because mm. in, in, in certain ways, they were like, you have to believe us that this is going to be amazing. We cannot show you how it's going to look like, <laughs> but you us. have to believe this will be amazing because yeah. you, you don't like the things that, that were there, all the pre-production materials were, were really great. Like nobody, but you know, we were trying to hit the aesthetic, for example, for almost a year, like going back and forth, right? To trying to find what we, uh, the process was we were trying to find the perfect still. Like produce one still from the show that before we start production, everybody knew that this still is that. And that still was David, I think it was David in uh, uh, near his apartment in Mega Block. Mm. And that, that still was trying to give us the confidence of like, okay, we have the stylization done uh, correctly to the, to the way we think it should be. 
because it's, is it cartoonish? Is it not cartoonish? Is it realistic? Not realistic? How the lighting works in this specific things? Like how much are we bouncing? You know, one of the creative directors from the game that worked on lighting specifically, he asked like questions. So how does the light bounce from dirty surfaces? And it's like, we had to answer this question to actually be able to lock down a still that everybody was happy with. But once that was done, then again, the process was rather easy from that point. But that's why the pre-production, everything needs to be locked down. And once we had handed over the script, then we started working on storyboards. And on storyboards, again, different scenes went in, went out. All the dialogues were looked at and, you know, does it punch enough? Does it punch, you know, not enough? What is happening there? And from that point, it was truly a, you know, collaborative process, 100%. It wasn't just sending stuff, them sending stuff, we reviewing stuff, them sending stuff. It was like, you know, every day everybody was like reviewing and just going scene by scene and trying to kind of get uh, the max out of it in, in all the possible ways. And then you get the animatic. And the animatic is, for people that don't know, it's like a rough drawing. It's just basically a moving storyboard, mm-hmm. right? And that's moving storyboard. Again, you have like, ah, yeah, in storyboard, it looked fine. But in animation, this doesn't look how we felt it should look. And so, again, another iteration of many months, each episode, actually, of doing that. And then you go to the actual animation phase of keyframes. <laughs> and in the keyframes, again, and all of that goes through all those processes where from the moment that we lock down the animatic, it becomes production. And when it becomes production, the agreement between us and Trigger was we are not going to meddle anymore. Like mm. Because okay. how production works is you have almost 100 animators sit down for a couple of months and just draw prettily you know, in a pretty way, all the things that are in the storyboard. So you cannot really change anything at that point, because if you do, somebody has to physically sit down and just do the same thing again, but differently, right? So there's a lot less flexibility than doing CGI work, for example, in engine work, where you just, you know, you move around the light, you know, in this or a 3D model, and that's it. Right? Sure. I'm not saying it's easy. Obviously, it isn't. Sure. It's Everyone knows game devs very easy. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just move the light; it's fine. No problem. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so at that point, there is some space to change things if they really don't work, but there's not a lot of space mm-hmm. to change things. And so after the production is done, then we go into post-production, and in post-production. You record VO, sound effects, you give layers of like all the UI, for example, was done in post-production, right? The cyberpunk UI that you know from the game that is you yeah. know, imposed on the pictures uh, there. And then again, it's another layer of like, we're sitting for hours and hours and hours in the studio with Trigger recording Japanese VO to make sure that the actors actually bring everything that was needed. And our role here, again, was kind of secondary in the sense that we know how to record voiceover, right? We're, we're good at that as well. Mm-hmm. So we'll, uh, we gave kind of feedback, but the, from the moment the production starts, the director actually steps in in a huge way and it's, he's driving the deliverance of that vision, right? So in the studio, for example, 
the agreement was that we can get feedback, but Imaishi, the director, is the guy that decides what the actor kind of goes for with the image that we have. And I think it's a fair deal in a sense that it's on his back to deliver the thing that we concepted, right? That was in the concept phase of pre-production. Um, and yeah, and all like choosing the music and all of that aspects are done in, in the post-production, actually. Um, so once that is done, we finished the show in April, I think in April, and we were waiting to catch up with marketing materials, like, you know, slates and everything that's necessary for actually to launch a show and also have a good moment, right? Because Netflix has a lot of releases and you don't want to be squished between like, you know, a window that's full of everything. You know, everybody knows in our industry, actually, like the windowing is super important Mm -hmm. for a game to do well. And that's the same for, for anything that goes on on streaming. So we had to wait a little bit uh, on on that, but yeah, I I I left CDPR in June, so I still drove kind of the marketing campaign to a certain extent, and I delivered the show, and then I left. So right. that's kind of a you know a really cool feeling to finishing something kind of yeah. good that people like. Way to go out with a bang! Yeah, yeah man. man! Oh my god! What a tenure! Was there a yeah, moment sure. during production? Because obviously, like, there's so much back and forth. It takes so long. You're essentially working in the dark without necessarily a lot of people seeing anything. Was there a moment during production where you just saw something? You were like, oh, shit. Yeah, we've got something good here. Yeah, episode six. When I saw the storyboards for episode six, I was like, right. yeah. If, if anything, if anything, this will be loved by someone, I'm sure. Mm. Because the sentiment for the show, or at least that was my sentiment personally, and I kind of shared it with the team and, and we agreed on the target or what, like, what we want to do is like, we don't want to do a show that everybody will love. I want to do a show that somebody will love to have that like all in mentality of like, we don't need to do a number one you know, show that everybody universally will be like, yeah, that's the best whatever since size spread, but we really, really wanted to do this show with heart and kind of showing that we can push in the right way and that somebody will love it. And that was the most important thing. Nobody wants to do a six out of 10 show. For sure. I love that. Yeah, that's awesome. Hey, I was curious. So is it right to say that you sort of like came up with the original story beats at the very start and then a, then the story writer took that and fleshed it into a full story and then a script writer made it a script. Is that correct? It's actually more complicated. Sure, but in broad strokes, I'm just trying to place your role within that story framework because I'm really, I just want to have a bit of a talk about the story because I think it's really interesting to explore. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Without uh, doing any spoilers. Sure. I think the initial vision of what it's about that comes from me, mm-hmm. but then the plotting doesn't come from me. The plotting right. comes from the writer's room, right? Got Where it. the writer's room kind of, uh, and we had, as mentioned, like four different <laughs> kind of plots that were sure. on the table. And uh, so from that point, uh, I was responsible for the general vision of the show, but a writer's room is the right. one that, you know, say that they, they, yeah. 
Yeah, were they in-house CD Projekt Red writers or were they separate, like contracted in for this project or what, what were they CD Projekt Red? Most of them. Most. Okay. And were they the same writers that also worked on the, or the ones that you say most, were they also the ones that worked on the game? It's a, actually, it's hard to explain because there's a lot, <laughs> there's a lot of story there and I'm happy to delve into that. It's just a long story. Sure. Try uh, basically how, uh, how it started is uh, I started working with Sebastian Stempien and Sebastian uh, was the creative director for Cyberpunk 2077, the game for a long time, but he left the company around 2018 and now he's actually in charge of diablo 4 so like <laughs> in, in the writing sure sure so you know for many years now so i you know fingers crossed somebody's awesome uh and then there was another writer called rafael prashtawek who's also at blizzard at the moment working on diablo 4 he's the <laughs> uh i think uh narrative lead for diablo 4 who also worked on the video game, uh, but he like half for six months, half of his hours were put into the show in the writer's room. But then again, right. he left as well uh, to Blizzard at that time with Seba actually. So kind of that, that synced uh, in some way. And then uh, we had uh, another set of writers uh, that came in, uh, one from marketing, two from marketing, actually, and mm. one very independent writer uh, who actually is the guy that wrote the story for uh, for Cyberpunk Edge Runners, the one that you right. see now, mm. which is right. Bart Shibor. He was a comic book writer uh, before, and he joined CDPR because uh, actually a friend of mine uh, that I play board game with board games with every week just said like this really cool dude does comic books maybe you want to talk to him because I know you're doing like comic books and you're doing this secret project maybe you want to do you know something and oh. yeah I spoke with Bartek and uh, we hit it off and he started out as one of the writers on the writers room and then when the lead writer at that time left he took over, he rewrote everything, basically. Um, and from that point, this is what Trigger took. Took and over. Had, yeah, right. Because yeah. I, having watched the whole series now, I think this is a way cooler story than the video game, <laughs> right? And uh, I think there's a lot of angles to that. But I think, I think one of the major ones is I think it really sells the key pillars of the cyberpunk universe far more powerfully and effectively than the game ever did. And I like the game story, by the way, I'm, I'm a fan of it. I really enjoyed it, but I think certain aspects of the disempowerment of that world are way better communicated within this show than they are in the video game because you kind of have to be powerful in a video game or it doesn't really work. But I think the show kind of lets you sink into this feeling of like, man, this world is fucked and the people in it are screwed unless you're at the very top of that pyramid, you know? I wondered if you had any kind of reflections on what that story, how that story maybe contrasts to the game, things that it's done better or worse or how you feel like it 
it shifts the cyberpunk universe. Like what, what is, what is your take on the overall story of edge runners? Um, I think we knew from the start that we have to make it more about less about the power fantasy and more about how it's lived in. Because mm-hmm. the one thing that didn't change in all the iterations was the night city was the hero of the show. And was always the notion. That's why, for example, the opening song, we're going to burn the city. I decided on that song and I found it. Oh, cool. I was going to ask. ask. Yeah, that's yeah. so cool. That's you then. That's a great thing. Oh, what a great and choice. Actually, <laughs> this, is, this is, again, a piece of trivia, but uh, I just typed in in YouTube songs about city. It could have been we built the city on rock and roll. That could have been the alternative <laughs> opening track to To be honest, I'm not that music savvy. And I was like, I know this needs to be about the city. And this is about the city. The show, the one thing that is the connective tissue of Cyberpunk as an IP is the city and the stories that happen within that city. So I was just, I typed in the YouTube and it's like, oh, I love Franz Ferdinand. So I didn't remember this song that existed. Really? I was like, so great. It works so well with the intro and just kind of like anime that has like a quirky, very remember, very memorable song. It kind of reminds yeah. me of like the fly me to the moon at the end of Evangelion. Yeah. Like it's, it's very <laughs> iconic. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, going back to your, uh, to your question. So, sorry, I, I I lost myself. No, no, Mike. The question was really just about the contrast between the story of the game versus the story of the show and what your what your general thoughts on that are. Yeah, we really wanted to make it more grounded in the sense that uh, the power fantasy in the game is, I think, necessary for this to be a video game because you don't want to impose on the player uh, certain limitations because then it becomes less fun. And I think this is you know, you have to balance out immersion and fun at a certain point. But with the show, we didn't have to do that because we can focus on, for example, cyberpsychosis, or we can, you know, give all this kind of small things like, yeah, you would need medication because you have a transplant and your body can reject it. And how does that work? We, we even had it done further in a sense that what happens if most implants, and that's actually in the lore, but it's not really well explored, even with the, in Edge Runners and the video game as well, is like many cyberware in the cyberpunk IP are subscription-based, mm. right? You have to pay each month. And you, when you go become a factory worker and you get a metal arm, the arm is the, it's, you don't own the arm. The arm is from Marasaka and they take half of your salary just for you to have that arm. It's like uh, BM, BMW in those heated seats. Same deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Same so, deal. so we, we had a really long discussion in the writer's room about what would it do, right? How mm-hmm. realistically, how this would affect kind of characters that live in this world where there's still the rule of the cool, like style over substance. But can we ground it a little bit in the sense of how do we show somebody that's really poor and you see all the superhuman people doing super cool shit that they don't actually own. And they're just doing it to show that they're really cool. And then they have a massive debt that they have to pay because they want it to be cool. And kind of that notion was something that was really kind of driving the vision behind what we want to kind of show. 
or how it's different a little bit uh, from the uh, from the game. Because in the game, like you want to have all the cool uh, cyberware, right? That's you know you want to be chromed up to your eyeballs, and that's it, literally. But in the show, I think it's also uh, it makes it really difficult to showcase like those are not Marvel heroes. Those are humans mm. and they have emotions attached to it. There's phantom pain and there's like mm. things that really are there when you, when you think about it, like from the perspective of like a linear medium uh, and like in making a linear medium suspension of this belief is really important. Mm. And we, we really did our darn best. I think the to not break that suspension of disbelief for the show of course understanding it's still cyberpunk it's you know it's super crazy yeah. but like breaking its own it shouldn't break its own rules like i have an example that really stick has stick sticking with me for from a friend that's a writer uh, that told me that he was uh reading a polish uh crime novel and one of the heroes of that novel went into a pizza hut and he ordered a coca-cola and at least in europe pizza hut only has pepsi and from that point anything that was written in that book was already a lie for the person that was reading out the window (laughs) because he knew that the writer can lie to him in the narrative like Mm. he doesn't need to base things in reality or in so he broke the suspension of disbelief. And because that was broken, he no longer believed anything that happened in that book. And like we really, some really high standards, man. Like, I really think this guy needs to chill out a little bit. Like, he probably <laughs> does he like anything? Because it's probably he's going to find something in anything he watches or reads. You know? Pepsi versus Coke is a big deal. <laughs> yeah. Tom brings Jake here. Yeah, I think it's a big deal. Like, don't forget this respect. Like, <laughs> But no, but I think in general, I think there were different driving forces for it. And like that mm. suspension of disbelief and making it a little bit more grounded and not lean into the power fantasy that much, or at least have moments where the power fantasy would live a little bit separately from yeah. the whole narrative. I think that was important. And I think this is where we diverge the most. Yeah. Yeah. No, I really like, obviously it's very, it's very focused on like, you know, cyberpsychosis getting chromed up. It actually reminds me of the very first anime that I ever saw, which is called um, Technoman Blade or Techoman Blade. Has anyone ever heard of this before? Yeah. Yeah, the one. Yeah. And it's it was like, oh, it's back in the day, man. But um, basically like this guy and every time he mechs up, cost him like something you know what i mean and like oh. he can only make up so many times and every time he does it it's like one more like more strain and i just i love that idea i've never got that show out of my head my entire life i love any um medium that explores that idea that you have this power but it costs you something when you use it and i think the show did such a really like a fantastic job of exploring that notion but also in a societal context where you have this entire society of people making that choice or this underclass of people doing that and it was just a really cool cool angle i think yeah, yeah. it was in polish tv as well in the 90s oh yeah so nice. yeah i remember nice. that show yeah. and there was so, a lot so of cool. zergs he fought, fought with a lot of zergs and then the mechas that were he was an alien as well. Spoiler alert! Yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's I, right. I remember that. Uh, yeah, that's so cool. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sweet. And I don't know, about, I'm sorry if I'm taking over the conversation, but the music, it is, I think, the, I think even more than the visual style, I feel like the music is the signature of the series. Uh, it is so distinctive in its like audio signature. I mean, did you have any input into, other than the opening track, did you have any input into the soundtrack and was there any back and forth on that or was that a total trigger call? Was that a director call? How did that play out? That's a funny story, actually. <laughs> a lot of people like say that the, the music is really cool and they like it and they vibe with it uh, a lot. Uh, the thing was that Yakira, uh, Akira Yamaoka is the composer for the original score. Uh, and CDPR was responsible for the music. Like We were supposed to deliver the music to Trigger and then they can use it as they see fit in the sense that we were kind of in charge of making the creative decision of what is in the soundtrack, but Trigger has the decision of where to put it. Because at the end of the day, they edited and they made the animations. It makes sense for them to make those decisions. And this was on the uh, music supervisor and the director itself. But we had some disconnect uh, with Trigger uh, because once we entered pre-production, sorry, post-production, they wanted more and more non-instrumental stuff because the whole OST that we gave them Mm. was just pure like music, no words. Mm. The Mm. only track that was music was the had music and lyrics was the opening and the ending. And we were like, Hmm, we have this like hundred minutes soundtrack, which has no songs with lyrics and you want songs with lyrics. And we were like, okay, we have the radio from Cyberpunk, right? Mm. So we will create a folder for you from songs that we know we can get. Mm. Uh, I don't want to delve into kind of, you know, licensing of music for mm. video games. That's super complicated. Oh. Yeah, we're YouTubers. But, we, we get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's a bullshit world. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we created a folder, basically. And we put in the folder, all the songs that we know we could get for the show. Because again, we had licensing rights for the video game, but those are different licensing rights for the show. Mm-hmm. You have to basically do the same thing, but you know, again, <laughs> for a different medium. Uh, and we told them, like, they told us at a certain point, yeah, we need one or two. It's going to be fine. And then we went into post-production and they used a lot. (laughs) And we're like, okay. (laughs) But then we, like, they used it uh, in a way that we already could saw it with picture, like animatic, of course, not the final Mm -hmm. picture. Like, fuck, that works. So we're like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So we have to go and get it now because otherwise this will work worse, right? Than what the thing we saw. So, so yeah, it was kind of a, a very uh, last moment process in that, in that end that we, uh, we had the library that we gave to Trigger and then they made the most out of it. But for example, with the ending song and David Podsiadło, who is, I don't know if you are aware, but in Poland, he's the number one pop star, like by far. Like he sells out stadiums that are 80,000 people, like in wow. one hour. So. He is huge. 
And he's a friend, actually. So I called him up and said, can you do a song for me? What a flex. He's a huge gamer, actually. I, I, I sat down awesome. with him once uh, when he was, uh, I think, doing a demo for the, for the game. And he told me, he's like, yeah, if I, wouldn't, if, if I wasn't into music, I would do video games for sure. And he's like, he has 160 hours in, in Cyberpunk two in Cyberpunk 2077, like 200 hours in Witcher 3. Mm. He loves Dying Light. And he's, he's like really sure. a true gamer. Mm. And, and I knew that I can get him because he loves this shit, right? He's a nerd. So I can, you know, if I call him and tell him that this is an opportunity to do it, he's like, mm. yeah. You know, the schedule will be fucked because I have concerts <laughs> booked for three years, but you know, we'll do it. Don't worry about it. Go. And once we, I worked with him on that song for almost two years uh, to make, wow. to make that song because we also produced a music video that's totally separate from the show. And it's done actually by a different studio, not trigger because trigger at that point was knee deep and everything that needs to be delivered for the show. So they couldn't do it. And um, so that was a really big process to just produce that one song to this quality. But I'm telling this story because during the uh, the post production, Imaishi specifically said to me, "Look, can I give more of his songs?" And I'm like, "He's a superstar. This will be hard." But I get call him up and says like. Do you have any songs that are in English still? Because he sings mostly in Polish, but he has two albums in English uh, that we can use. And he's like, show me picture, right? Show me what you're going to do with it. Like outside of the ending, which we and we're like, okay, we show him. And he's like, yeah, cool. Whatever. We'll make it work. And then I think three weeks later, Imaishi calls me again. He's like, can I please have another one? <laughs> You're killing me. That's and I'm cool. like, yeah, I had to call him again. And now three songs of David's are actually in, uh, in the show. So yeah, for the music, I think the it works because it's actually, or actually, sorry, I have another one that's actually funny as well. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> which is that there is Polish songs in it, like with Polish mm. lyrics. Yeah. And the guy that actually uh, recorded those songs was the general lawyer for whole CDPR. And <laughs> the lawyer? No way. Wow. That is cool. Uh, how, it, how it came to be is that uh, we wanted some, the trigger asked for some. Uh, uh, reggae tracks so we, we like a dance hall this kind of vibe and so we put uh some of the radio songs there in the folder but we also put uh, some of r another rafa songs because i know i knew that i can get them <laughs> he's sitting right you know they're cool i love his music i think they're it's really good so i was like yeah can you know i, I i'll put it there if they don't choose it we didn't tell them anything that's fine but let, let's check if mm. you know they like it or not and they there was there was a bunch of songs there it was not like there was three songs and just one it was like 20 something 
And they immediately chose the Polish ones only, and they were adamant that this needs to happen. And inside the studio, I had to fight everybody almost because they were like, look, he's an inside guy. It's really good, but, you know, we're going to get, you know, flack about this, that we were trying to push, you know, a general council kind of, but no, it was like, and then I made a test. Like I showed it to people that didn't know. Mm. And they're like, yeah, it's awesome. It's like, mm. Yes. This is awesome. And I'm going to show it to everybody that it is awesome. And so, yeah. Yeah, The OST is not up on Spotify, if I'm not mistaken. I've looked. I see lots of playlists. Is the OST up? Is there an OST um, out yet? The OST is not up yet as far as I didn't think so. Okay. Yeah, the songs that were existing songs is there. Yeah. All right. But the OST is not. uh, And people are working on it as far as I know. Cool. Cool. Because I'm not. in-house anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I don't have that specific operational knowledge of how things are happening right now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, oh. And in terms of like, what can you tell us kind of like about the future? Is it hard to leave a project like Edge Runners? Obviously you're not at CDPR anymore, but like it's come out, it's beloved. Would you, if the opportunity arose, want to work on a season two of it? Or are you kind of just like moving on and doing new projects now? Well, at the moment, I'm at Techland, so I joined them on the moment I left CDPR, actually. Uh, and yeah, the only thing I can say is I'm doing the things I know best how to do, which is the things that you might think of. Uh, you know, I don't know where it takes me. It's just the, you know, the beginning of the road, I would say. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think many, it's not a secret that many video game studios are actually looking at, uh, you know, different entry points. Because mm-hmm. I really hate the word transmedia because yeah. it's kind of dirty in, in that sense. So it's like, oh, it's a cash grab made to, you know, like the, the ones that I feel succeeded were the ones that the, the people that were deeply involved in the IP were in charge of or at least were heard in the mm-hmm. creative process. And because of that, those are good things rather than yeah you know let's take the 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 coating of an ip and make sure that it's it's sound but other than that the, the soul isn't there for it so yeah a lot of video game companies right now are trying to to make those entry points from like different mediums uh so i think i have some credit in that regard so let's see how that rolls and are we going to get a season two of edge runners or not you to break it. You break the news here on the Friends Per Second podcast. Just tell us right now. Give us a headline. I honestly don't know. Sure. Of course, the, that's what you'd say. Of course, that's what you'd say. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I, honest to God, I have no idea because how it, I envisioned it at the start is that, especially if you watch the whole show, it's like it's very done mm. in that sense that it's. The story that was supposed to be told was told to satisfaction of all the creative force that were engaged. And everybody on our end from the team was really happy how it ended. And uh, it doesn't mean that there isn't more stories that are connected somehow. But actually, we never spoke about a season two, uh, ever, actually. Because for us, it was this... 10 episodes of what the story is. We wanted to tell it. And I'm sure there's 
some discussion. But honestly, I have no idea if, you know, what needs to happen, who needs to do something, if Netflix wants to do something. No idea, honestly. Sure. Yeah, right. And also, um, I mean, obviously, it's led to a huge resurgence of cyberpunk. Like, it's it's capping out like 85,000 current players on Steam right now. That's just Steam. That doesn't count any other platforms. Are you surprised to see it getting this kind of, the, the game getting this kind of halo effect? Or are you like, yeah, no, I knew this would happen. Like, this is this is a foregone conclusion. No, nobody was projecting <laughs> that this will happen for sure. Really? Yeah, because I mean, you the, had the success of The Witcher, though. I mean, that obviously pumped the Witcher, the the game sales massively after the show. But it's live action; it's very different. Mm. Like, you mm, know, okay, okay. Anime, even though it's very global and everybody, you know, it truly is trans- transformed in the last ten years in terms of reach. It's still a Japanese-looking show. Mm. That is not for everybody, right? And in that sense, we never knew if this is going to do anything. And for example, if you look for the the anime that Witcher did, it didn't have that effect, like for for CDPR, mm, right? True, so, true, true. so we didn't know, and it was always <laughs> like if nobody signs this with us at that point, if no streamer wants it, we're just releasing the YouTube for free. Because we wanted to do this and everybody sure. wanted to take a risk. And that was amazing in that sense that, you know, we didn't have this leverage when talking with all those guys. Because normally in Hollywood, you come into the door and said, I need your money to make my dream come true. And it was the exact opposite because said, we're financing ourselves. Like, we don't need your money. Mm. It's fine. But we really want you as a partner to reach as many people as we want, as, as we can. And that was a very <laughs> different conversation that they're used to, I think, in that in that sense. So yeah, we had no idea actually. I think uh, oh, wow. before I left, I had the conversation with Adam Badowski that he might say, "Look, we've seen the show; it's really good. We love it. It might have zero effect. So don't be kind of down if this doesn't do anything, because it might be just like people won't connect to it, and that's it." And we were like, we were prepared for it, like uh, that that might happen. So I was confident that we made at least a seven out of ten show, like in terms of quality, like because of course there's like different feelings about certain things, different tastes. That's fine, but I think the quality is there. So I was sure that if somebody gave us like a five, that would be unjust. It might not be for that person, but it, the quality is there. Like everybody gave their all to produce mm-hmm. this. Yeah. But is it an eight, a nine? I no, nobody, nobody knows. Never. Like it's you, you. You never know. But for the Halo effect, I'm so happy for the team at CDPR that they're getting a chance to for people to come out out of the closet in a sense that call it like. Yeah, I actually like Cyberpunk. It's no longer like an angry mob situation where somebody comes out and is like, ah, you can't like this. Because obviously, you know, <laughs> there were bumps. Everybody knows about this and it's like, it's obvious. But at the same time, I love that game. I've worked on it for eight years as well. And I think, you know, uh, in hindsight, of course, there's many things that could have been done differently and it should. And I think the studio is changing for it to make sure that doesn't happen again. 
Uh, and I think this this brings the spirit of the team into high again. Mm. And especially with the announcement of the uh, first expansion, I mm. think the redemption arc or whatever, how we call it, it's like it's, it at least hit a point <laughs> where people aren't ashamed anymore to, to say that, no, I actually like that game. You know, not without flaws, but I liked it. And I think that for me is the coolest shit I could have done ever because um, nobody ever wants to make a bad thing ever. Mm. And everybody, most of the time, is doing their absolute best at everything they want to do. So I'm glad that there is at least buzz to give that opportunity because I think it's, again, it's not about the anime actually, because the game is the game. And if somebody doesn't like it, then they won't like it because they like the anime. But I think, I, yeah, I was going to say, I think at this point people are modding in, uh, Daniel and Lucy, yeah. like they're absolutely <laughs> working on it. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And people are, you know, uh, Oh, that's a, I wanted to say a massive spoiler. It's good that I, I <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Let's say that the weapon that Rebecca has, which was part of 1.6 for the patch, people are using it in a very creative ways to take vengeance, I think. Right, I say yes, yes, I can imagine who. I can imagine. (laughs) Cool. Who's your favorite character? In the show or in the game? Yeah, if you you could boil it down to one. I know it's probably hard, but... Uh, I think Rebecca at the end. Because for me, uh, she, in a city like Night City, it's really hard to be vulnerable and to kind of be there for the, for, for somebody. And she's super brave. She likes, she's super brave. And I love that about her. So like, I want to be as brave as, as her, obviously <laughs> after life and death situations, but in general in life. So I, I love her for that. I had one question. How did you get Giancarlo Esposito in this? What the fuck, man? How did that happen? Yeah, what was wow. the deal? Actually, on this one, I had almost zero involvement. Okay. So I can't really comment. Because the thing is that um, the post-production for English VO was almost the last thing that happened. So I was mm-hmm. no longer with the company when the when he came in and recorded. Of course, there was talks and we had a huge list of who's going to do uh, Faraday because he was. We we already very early on found David for the English VO. So even though there was some talks, so like can we, you know, have somebody uh, of like AAA stature? Maybe it's mm-hmm. like no, no, no. Like this is our David. We're not changing it. And the only character that we didn't. Uh, settle on in terms of VO actor for the English dub was, was actually Faraday at the end. And that's why kind of the opportunity came, a quick talk, Netflix helped. And so nice. it kind of came to be uh, so cool. in that sense. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. All right. I think, I think we covered pretty much everything. Yeah. I think we got yeah. everything. All right. Yeah. All right. If I can do one thing or ask about one thing, mm-hmm. uh, can I do a shout out to the team and kind of everybody? Because it's, I feel a little bit weird. It's like me, 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 me. No, uh, of no, course. No. Like everybody that worked on the show, 
uh, with such dedication, with something that wasn't really sure, and everybody took a huge risk. So not only the team at CDPR, but the team at Netflix that really kind of gave it all, and the team at Trigger, obviously, uh, that brought it to life, the things that we were talking about in like seven-hour calls <laughs> that were translated both ways. Pure nightmare. Oh. Almost wow, that, would, that would suck. That would suck. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I want to shout out the whole team at CDPR, the whole team at Trigger, and then at Netflix, because it was truly a... I think I counted, it's like 350 people worked on this show uh, entirely. And, you know, from that point of view, everybody was very essential to bringing this to life. So I want to make sure that, you know, thank you. I want to say thank you uh, from the bottom of my heart. You all deserve all the praise because yeah. you've created an absolutely fantastic show. It's yeah. just, it's got to be something so cool to just point to and be like, we made that. Uh -huh. Boom. See ya. So thank you for talking about it with us. We really appreciate it. Uh, good luck at Techland. We're really excited to see mm. what you cook up over there. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Thanks. All right. So I'm going to explain that the reason I was wearing a beanie in that, right, <laughs> was because it was at midnight mm. and I'd already showered and my hair was really floppy and I didn't want to have to put anything in it. So I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to wear a fucking beanie. So... I'm sure the comment section is spammed with "oi, don't wear beanies." Right? I found a little wear. rude, and I, I, and I agree you with you. Got a skateboard under there, buddy. Disrespectful. Tam, coming from the man wearing the backwards cap. Listen, my uh, hands are right. pretty fuck right there now. There we go. So <laughs> I was like, I got so it. I, pr I promise that the beanie pr uh, appearances will be kept to me. I'd like an, Wait, so I'd like an Apple Notes apology, please. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you need to do apology video to start with. <sighs> <laughs> <That's right. laughs> turning on the camera yeah. so guys yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so you're a night showerer where, where do course. the rest of you go of course so here's the thing I'm a morning or daytime showerer because mm. uh, I feel like sometimes there's a chance that overnight I will like sweat a bit mm. while yeah. sleeping so mm -hmm. I can't be like showering sweating waking up and being like what's going on mm -hmm. um, but I think you feel so gross if you go to bed without a shower it's all like you're it's all on you. and you yeah, just, yeah. it's well, on I, you, man. You're falling asleep never get in your icky. own. I know Lucy. Oh, right. Lucy's yeah. a big proponent of this as well now, but like I'm a day shower, a two yeah. p.m. Oh. shower, like a sneak in a shower at two p.m. Oh. Oh. Wait, when like lunch? I have a two p.m. shower, and then wow. like selfishly, it just means you can let your hair air dry. You yeah. don't have to worry about it. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Um, you know, video <laughs> off in all calls. It's great. Yeah, it's nice. It's good. Wakes you up. Working from home perks. Just being able to shower at two p.m. It's good. Take yeah. a little Diet Coke in there. Oh, <laughs> a nice cold Diet Coke in that shower. Give uh, it a try. Give it a try. At the very beginning of the pandemic, I would end my work day at five thirty and have a shower, but I would take a white claw into the shower. Shower beers, shower hell claw, yeah. Shower claw, and it just really just took the. And edge then I went over one day, and there was like cans of white claw all over <laughs> the shower, and I was like, "We gotta have an intervention." And she was, was like crawling like, around the of fucking hoarders. <laughs> Mm. Um, all right, uh, we've had also a bunch of game releases. Who wants to? JG, you normally take new releases, don't you? I think so. You yeah, I'll, ra I'll rattle them off. Also, if anyone was wondering, I take a shower in the morning because oh. I sleep oh. like a disgusting person. Like, I just wake up in the morning, like, Ugh. I don't know what it is. If it's like I sweat or like I just sleep with my mouth open or something, it's just bad. Yeah, yeah, I know how you Let feel. Let us okay. know in the you're, comments you're one below. Of us. <laughs> Yes. When you take a shower. Right. Yeah, I'd like to know. 
Uh, so major game releases since the last time we convened, which, mm. as everybody knows, was uh, two weeks ago. Uh, we have Queen. Metal Hellsinger uh, that released on everything but Switch on the 15th. Uh, Return to Monkey Island uh, that dropped the 17th for PC and Switch. Has anyone played that one yet? No. I have downloaded no? it. Okay, cool, yeah. cool. Yeah, I finished it. It's lovely and wonderful. And I don't know, did you guys ever play the old Monkey Island games back in the day? Yep, cool. Um, yeah, it's it's more of that. It's just, mm. yeah, it's it's lovely, but also very streamlined, I think, in terms of they've made some changes to the way they approach puzzles and the way they approach just even navigation around the world that makes it far more pleasant to play. So, yeah, it's really great. It's not at all surprising. If you you have some vague understanding of what Monkey Island is, it's another Monkey Island game, yeah. you know, but it's... Do you guys like the art style, by the way? Because that's very divisive. Are you I think it looks really nice. You like, like you like it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, a lot of people are like, are you a bit more mid on it, Jake? Yeah, I'm like, either way. Like, I like a new style, sure. but I was also like, but I really like the old style. You know? mm, me too. Um, me too. Me too. Yeah, so we also have uh, Deathloop releasing on Xbox, which is pretty big. I, I'm curious to just jump in to see how that is. Yeah, uh, I didn't realize they added a bunch of new shit. And it's got a new ending. What? Oh, does, does it? it? Mm-hmm. Is it actually going to be a good ending this time? <laughs> Question mark? <laughs> Listen, Ralph, it's about the journey, not the end. We have very different views on Deathloop, don't we? That'd be, that's it. very different views. Uh, Gundam oh, Evolution man. for PC on the 21st. Potion Permit on all platforms the 22nd. I don't know what that is. Do you, do you- that's, it's like another slice of life game. You play a little alchemist in a village. Wait, so is it different you- to the other alchemist game? Potion game, potion crafter? Who knows, Lucy? It is different to that. Yep, it is because that one is, I think, more focused on mixology. Don't, I don't, don't quote, quote me on that. Could uh-huh. be wrong. But this one is very much like not quite Stardew Valley, but it's like you're living in a village and everyone's your friend and they need you to help them do this and you have to hmm. repair your our, your chemist shop that's run down and whatever. It's I, one of those. I it's think very nice, beautiful art. I think actually. we're reaching the point now where we're going to move beyond cozy games and we're going to start moving into like. Um, uh, switch your brain off task games like you know the power wash simulator is I think that's the next wave various hey. day life's got you covered mm-hmm. complete hundreds of boring tasks <laughs> over and over again <laughs> with various day life available this fall on the switch uh, also this week's session skate sim uh, for everything on September 22nd slime rancher 2 on PC and Xbox on the 22nd the Dio Field Chronicle on everything on the 22nd and Shovel so Knight not Dig. a JoJo thing. Not, not a JoJo, JoJo thing? thing. Dio Field, Field is a JoJo thing? Dio in- is a character in JoJo. Yes. Right, okay, got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Shovel Knight Dig is the last thing, though. Uh, it's worth mentioning. Shovel Knight Dig uh, on the 23rd on Switch, PC, and iOS. Mm. Is that a Netflix yeah. game? Is Netflix doing the... I don't know. I haven't seen any Netflix branding yes, on it. Yes, I... Th- it isn't? Okay. Because hmm. they're is doing it? immortality, aren't they? They they're picking up like a lot of yeah. No, it, no. Hang on. Or is it no? Or is it Apple Arcade? Shit, Tam, it was in our showcase. <laughs> <laughs> Dig is is a. No, I think no. Dig is Apple Arcade. Okay, cool. Well, we've already said that right. we've got terrible memories. So. Yeah, <laughs> we've covered ourselves here. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, a, a bunch of games. Uh, Ralph, I know you've been playing a lot of different yeah, shit. Damn, man. So where uh-huh. do you want to start? 
So uh, obviously Destiny 2, greatest video game of all time. No, I'm joking. Uh, I've been playing Forspoken. Did you guys go hands-on with that recently? Uh, no. Yes, we did. Oh, you did. Did you actually play it yourself? I didn't play it, no. But we, oh, you we didn't. Yeah. Okay, right. Not personally. But and what was the, what did, what was your uh, person, the that, was, um, did they like it? They said it was, took a little while to get to grips with it, but, and it's got a lot to still prove, but the traversal was pretty cool. Um, yep. The writing, not as much. Yeah. Very, very not good at all. It was, Is it it, or, 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 <laughs> no, it was cringe. It was cringe. <laughs> no, no cap. Okay. It was oh, deeply Jesus cringe. Christ. Uh, so <laughs> told you we couldn't say I it. I told it. you that's yeah. where the line is. Dead I ass. just proved it. I have done this on so many, many other podcasts. I'll do it here as well. Video game people. <laughs> if you need someone to check whether your game is cringe, let me know. I will offer this yeah. service. Right. Yeah. You'd be good at cringe checker. It's, it, cringe it's so true though. Like, for real, I, I'm legitimately, it's the same with Saints Row. Like, if you just got some people involved at the start of it, so much of that could have been avoided, you yeah. know? And uh, from, look, obviously, I didn't see any of the real story stuff there in my hands-on session. I only saw the interaction between the main star and her cough that she talks to because she's talking to a cough. And it was awful. It was relentless yeah. and terrible and not funny and just so bad. It was really the worst of the worst. But the funny thing was they wouldn't shut up in the demo, but then when Square sent through the B-roll, they removed all of it. <laughs> they, there oh, was wow. zero of the oh, cuff talking wow. in the B-roll. And I was like, with B-roll. <laughs> I see you, Square. I see you. You know, um, but and apparently my there life is a. is pretty crazy. <laughs> That's right. Uh, apparently, though, there is actually a slider in game that lets you turn down this thing. So even Stop I, I feel it's like got, they even know that it's bad. It, and then you can, like, turn it down. <laughs> like, well, imagine was- if you could. I don't know, the slider in God of War to turn down Mimir's banter. It's like, well, you shouldn't have that. You should just make him say good shit. Don't have a slider to turn him off. You know what I mean? The only time I remember something like that being actually genuinely really good and useful was, I think it was in like the second or third Tomb Raider in the reboot, but the saying stuff out loud would be Lara giving you hints. Oh, yeah. And it was a difficulty slider. And if you wanted her to give you no hints, you could just make her shut up. They needed that in in um, Horizon big oh, time. Fuck Please, it. Aloy, shut my the fuck up. Challenge is full. Impossible. I should send this to my stash. <laughs> God. Ashley Birch, I love um, you, but I can't listen to that line one more time. Yeah. So for Spoken, I think you're right. I think it has a lot to prove is a good way to frame it. I think it's got some interesting ideas. I like the fact that Square are trying to do something different. I'm genuinely interested in this. It's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, at the same time, yeah. <clears throat> excuse me, at the same time, it's kind of like, well, let's just see how this one goes, you know? So um. I also played Wolong. Did you guys check out Wolong at all? Wolong Fallen Dynasty? Have you tried to download that game, the demo on PlayStation Store? No, I got sent a little fucking puzzle. Like, I tell you that much. Like, I went in there. Like, they bury that. Andy Cortez uh, from Kind of Funny put a video of it up. But, like, you go there and, like, he downloaded it by, like, it sent him to a web page to download it. And the way I did it was completely different, where I was like, where is the download button? So I just started downloading it. I found it eventually, but it's like, hidden away in the three like ellipses menu and i'm like oh my god yeah 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 uh but no it's cool if you like neo it's um uh, it's it is to neo what Sekiro is to dark souls it is a stripping down of their format to arrive at something faster more aggressive more action-packed far less focused on um the rpg side of things fewer loot drops because that was a bit suffocating for the series earlier but um Look, I don't think it's going to set the world on fire, this one. Um, I think it's just more Neo-esque stuff if you're down for that. But I feel like Rise of the Ronin is 
probably the thing that is going to catapult Team Ninja back into the spotlight if that lands well. So, mm. yeah. Yeah, they did say that they um, were working on that for like, they've been working on that kind of on and off for like seven years or something. So, oh, right. Okay. What, Rise of the Ronin? Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. Critically, like Team Ninja games have really bad level design. I think a lot of people don't agree with that. They're like, no, it's really good. I'm like, no, I don't know. Compare it mm. to a lot of where this genre is now. It's yeah. very, very basic stuff. And uh, the idea of an open world game from Team Ninja, that's really interesting because they do the whole level-based thing right now and it's not fine on all cylinders. Rise of Ronin, potentially or reportedly a Sony game as well. The implication being it probably will be exclusive to a degree. Interesting. Yep. Um, and Ralph, uh, you, you and I have been playing Scorn. Oh, yeah. So tell it's me, I want to know what you think yeah, about Scorn. I, hear- I, knew, I Scorn. fucking knew. I was resisting making oh, this God Scorn damn it. reference. <laughs> um, so I will say right off the bat that I experienced really bad motion sickness with Scorn. Um, so I was kind of like retching my way mm. through it. Um, but on the other hand, I'm, I kind of am like a mixed bag of it because I really, really love the aesthetic. It's very HR Giga. It's very alien. It's gross, disgusting. Like if you are going around the world, um, the way that you (laughs) interact with things is like, you just, you look like you're a hollow from, uh, fucking Dark Souls, like, and you stick your fingers into fleshy tubes. Yes. And it, like all of the flesh looks like muscles around it, like the muscle from, from your body. And it's just like, it's super gross and I love that. But when it comes to the puzzles and also I, I get that this was just like a demo that we were playing. I no concept of what the story is at all or where we are. And so when I'm trying to do like, you know, trying to figure out my place in the whole thing, it's kind of a bit, I assume something that will be answered in the, in the main game puzzles as well. Very obtuse. I think it, some people will really like that. And Weirdly, I think my dad would really like it because my dad was a huge Mist fan, um, and like Riven, and so I feel like that's the kind of shit that like people who really enjoy games like that would really really love. Yes, but at the same time, like um, UI HUD, exceedingly minimal, no map, no indication of where you're going or what you're doing or what you're doing is even right, and so I think that would be a turnoff for a lot of people. Sure. But if you are the type of person who wants to just be like, just want to get lost in this <laughs> flesh tube uh, and, you know, move all these gross things around. Yeah, I want to like goo stuff me. and just be yeah. like a weird yeah, yeah. goo ghoul. And just, like, you ever dreamed about being big, lost in someone's intestines? This is the game it's like, for you. Yeah, Finally. It's like a big uterus world. The first yeah. map is like, it's yeah, it's fucked up. That's not what no, I, I expected agree with you. though, gameplay wise. No, yeah, it's, so it's slow and measured and... It is. I really love this demo, to be honest. Wow. Yeah, I was all about it. I think it was awesome. I don't know if the whole package holds up, but visually it is extraordinary. There's never been a game that has looked like this that has brought HR Geiger stuff to work, like to live, um, work. It never realized that in a video game in this way, the closest was like the medium, but that was a, dis- a different mm. artistic inspiration um, from be- that be- Beksinski guy. I always mispronounce his name, but um, there's never been a game that looks like this. And uh, it's the density of it is crazy. Yeah. Just like the amount of detail on every fucking square inch of this world is nuts. And I love how um, how unassisted it is in its exploration and puzzle design. It feels so obtuse. It really does feel like that scene in Prometheus 
but they step into that chamber and they're like, how the fuck do we turn this yeah. on? And that's it because it's just this huh. dead thing. And it's like, well, how do you turn it on? And you're walking around, you're, you're trying to press buttons and whatever else and not even press buttons. You're inserting your fingers into things. You Everything yeah. is doing anyway. Um <laughs> I loved it, man. I thought it was so cool. I'm super down for it now. Before I was like, eh, this would probably just be like a survival horror-y kind of game. But this skirts survival horror slash first-person shooter slash puzzler, but it's just the grounding feature is its atmosphere Mm. and it's nailing its atmosphere so superbly so far. So I regret regret not playing it with headphones on, to be honest. Mm, I wish I'd done that. I want to hear the squish. It's it's got the juice. It's it's really, really, really <laughs> sexual as well. Like the whole thing, everything kind of looks Ega, like a penis. Baby. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And so, but also not just visually, but also in the way they've designed weapons and like yeah. every weapon that you get needs to be like, has an umbilical like, cord that needs to be detached first and you pull it from its womb. And, you know, like the first puzzle is basically birthing this this human so that you can then push it in a baby carriage towards this place so you can murder it it's fucked up man i love that's it that's so, so dope so um i think a lot of people are going to be surprised by this that's yeah. if the rest of the game holds like this this demo did did then i think people are gonna like it. i'm surprised how old school it sounds but i'm excited because it's, it's the release is pretty soon so 21st october yeah. i think yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. 21st not october not at all um and then, uh, you, in a massive contrast to school, yes, also uh, a game Mario- about phallic objects. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, right, Mario, you dick. <laughs> Mario plus Rabbids, sparks of hope. How did you? Yes. Find, how long did you get to spend with it? Four hours. So, That's pretty so I did chunks. like I did like three battles, obviously. Um, but did you guys like the original Mario oh, Rabbids? Yeah. Did you guys play yeah, this? Yeah, yeah. Yep, did. cool. Okay, it's more of it. Basically, Good. I wish I could. I want- say anything more interesting than that except that the soundtrack is next level even like better even oh my better. god I, oh my god yes absolutely i was bowled over as i was playing it i was like what has gone on here um so that is the biggest step up that i noticed because there's mechanical changes and whatever else i did notice the switch was really struggling to run it the switch we playing on really an OLED as well uh, yes, I was. Oh boy! But um, it just doesn't run well, unfortunately. Well, not terrible, but like not fantastic either. But um, but man, it was just a. It's a such a fun game, so wholesome, funny, and so smartly designed. Mm. Uh, I think yeah, it's just it's just more rabbits, and I'm certain that people who like the first one will also like the second. I mean, to be fair, I don't like the rabbits part. Sure, I I can. I can handle, I can deal with the Rapids tolerate. in the context. I could tolerate them in the yep. context of Mario plus Rapids, but. I think they're, they're disgusting not. and they belong more in the, the Scorn game than they do in the world of Mario. <laughs> but here's the thing. Rapids are just French minions. And. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. True. That's very true. Think about them. It's very true. true. They need to be in uh, some, in some like garbage memes though. Put them in, put them in trashy memes and then they'll be like the minions. You should get the guy who did the soundtrack for this on your podcast. That's you know, that would be pretty good. Idea. That would be really we cool. hadn't we hadn't thought about that, yeah. but let's let's make some inquiries, see yeah. if it can happen. Let's okay. reach out. Okay. Uh yeah. Jake, what you been playing? Uh so my list is pretty boring just because I was on vacation and then I I came back and I've kind of been catching up on work. Uh that's happening in real life. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Iceland yeah. was just straight up Death Stranding. Lucy, I, I'm sure you agree. Yeah, yeah. It's just a great place. Highly recommend, especially Lush. if 
uh, maybe you're an American and you've never been to Europe, I'd say it's kind of like training training wheels, Europe or foreign mm-hmm. country. It's very easy uh, to figure things out. Uh, yeah, but I, I, I played the, the Last of Us part one. Uh, I like your discussion uh, that you did on the podcast without me with Gene. Very good job. Love Gene. Shout out to him. Uh, all I really have to add to the conversation is that um, I was kind of the same way about like the whole like doesn't need to be remade and the price thing and everything. But uh, after completing it, I realized I love the photo mode. I had so much fun with it uh, Two, the remade cutscenes are downright fucking incredible um, to the point where I think it makes the very last scene of the game much better just seeing joel's face and the subtlety of it and the detail of it just makes it that little bit better it's it's so good uh and then also i i think i realized naturally over time how it does control a little better because uh there were i was never like a hardcore last of us person i know people who like beat it a million times i just kind of like played it once or twice here and there um there were parts of the game that always like were like, oh, that's the hard part. Oh, this part always gives me a hard time. Uh, PS5, I like smoked every single section. And I think yeah. part of that was just how it just felt a little bit better, maybe to aim and shoot and stuff like that. Because I, I felt that about it. the um, the hotel basement, you know, where there's the blow to you turn the generator. Yes. I, I, yeah. I remember like when I, I played on PS3, it. it was like PS4. It like was the bit that I just hated did it like first time no yeah problem. same i was like <laughs> did, did they did they change did they make it easier i was oh i think it's also just to improve the visibility cards. in the area yeah yeah That's the main it's just problem. so high res but activity cards on ps5 really came into their own when you're mopping up the uh trophies and stuff on there oh really just incredible yeah like it just loads you in just boop. oh you missed a you missed a conversation okay here you go that's right. cool really cool yeah I, but I, I enjoyed it uh the other thing i played and it seems like uh both lucy and tam you both played it is trombone <laughs> champ uh this dumb little game that went viral real quick literally yesterday i think yeah. it's a 15 dollars steam game that is uh i'd say it's musical notes on a timeline and it's keyboard and mouse and you move the mouse up and down as like a cursor to match the notes and you click to hit them uh as you operate your instrument and it is a dumb trombone and it's like a meme sounding trombone and all the songs are like goofy like god save the king like yeah. beethoven songs take me out to the ball game american anthems and <laughs> it's like it's I, I don't know if it's just me but it's very hard or i'm just not good at it. No, like no, i was no, having i my, get i get nasty on every fucking one like i i've I've got like a few A's playing that game, so there's some weird going on with my trombone brain. But the thing with me is that nasty inverted. Nasty is nasty is actually a good one. Oh, see, that's the thing. I saw nasty and I was like, nasty, sick, like cool, like I'm doing great. There's times where this game is all about comedy. It is not trying to take any. The visual pops are great. It literally starts off with a Dark Souls inspired intro. Where like, there's like a woman talking about how you will stand before. Not like uh, gods or anything like that. It's like two baboons. <laughs> and you're like, okay. And there's a menu item called baboons. And you click in there and there's like something weird going on. Some cryptic there. thing, yeah. Um, yeah, and like every song you play, you, there's no way to do it good. Because it all sounds fucked up. You're just like... <laughs> and like the amount of times I've been doing what sounds like a like protracted fart. 
sound and it just in the corner i can see excellent i'm like yes <laughs> you're just fucking with me here <laughs> and like at the same time you're doing take me out to the ball game and there's like really old baseball cards in the background yeah. and like every now and then a baseball like hits the screen and you're just so like funny. what is good it's it is like pure hilarity as a game like and like during even during the loading screens it's like on average Five spiders live in the uh, in a, in a trombone. And I'm just like, oh, yeah. oh, all the loading screen have- jokes actually <laughs> yeah, yeah. made yeah. me laugh. If, yeah, yeah. If you lay all the trombones in the world end to end, you would go around the earth like so, like four times or something. Yeah. Just, like, they had one. It was like trombone in the United Kingdom is spelled trombone with like a bunch of U's. <laughs> like oh, you. It's very very fun, and like it's weirdly like you get into trying to make it sound good. There's also a peep, there's a freestyle mode, so you can just make your own songs up. Like you can try and replicate songs that you know. Oh my god. It's really good. It's really funny. I'm really enjoying it. It's just like just a stupid kind of humor. And it's so easy to see why it went viral so yeah. quickly. Um but also it kind of like the other day I was at the the Pinball Museum in Vegas and I played um Guitar Hero for the first time. <laughs> In like four years, and I was like, I miss a good rhythm. Yeah, That's yeah, true. this should become like That's a true. thing. Yeah. Well, Embracer they bought that company that sort of is pretty up in this, so hopefully they do mm-hmm. something to bring the music genre back because you know they're mm-hmm. they're they're willing to try some crazy things. Embracer. Yeah. I mean, they published Saints Row, so you know they're <laughs> up for anything. <laughs> oh, they commented on that one today. They were like, "Oh, we thought we would be a bit of a That's nicer right. reception." Yeah. <laughs> right. Um. <laughs> Uh, Jake, is that it? That what you've been? Yeah, to? Uh, trombone champ. I do. Ultimately, I was very like ah, like I, I saw it. I saw a video of it, and I was like, oh man. And I ran, and it was fifteen bucks, and I was like ah, I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But uh, when I, I, I probably spent like forty five minutes playing it with somebody else here, and we were both laughing and mm-hmm. having a, and and that to me is worth it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Tom, what you been playing? Uh, I've been playing a game called Save Room. Which I texted Jake about immediately. Yes, after, thank you. Uh, after I bought it, it. ASAP. Um, are you are you guys familiar with this? No, no. It is a puzzle game that Hello? is the Resident Evil Four inventory system. Oh, are you God. joking? <laughs> What's it on? I'm I'm gonna go onto Steam is now and block Steam? that game right now. It's like just, just it's like four dollars. <laughs> And Save on the left room. side of the screen, you have your attache case. On your right side of the screen, you've got the actual inventory. And it gives yep. you a set of blocks. And it's like, put all those items into these squares. Oh, um, my God. And that's all oh you have God. to do. It's $3. It's, it's incredible right. because eventually you're like, oh, how do I get all these fucking items in hand? And you're like, oh, I know how. I'm going to combine also- these two ammos and uh, ammo boxes. I'm going to load that ammo into this shotgun to reduce it. <laughs> and then, like, you can inspect the It is Straight ah. up, just the inventory management from Resident so, Evil 4 as a game. So when you that said that, I thought they cool. would like, I no, don't know. It looks no, like it looks Resident exactly Evil. The same. It looks the same. It is, it is exact. And it is so good. It's so fun to play. It's and a little bit wonky. Look at the herbs. Yep, they have the they've got herbs. herbs. They've got the first aid spray. They've got the egg. They've got the egg from Resident Evil. <gasps> oh, oh my God. God. Oh my God. That's how shameless How is, is this legal? Um, oh, but it, wow. it works on Steam Deck it's a bit finicky at times it doesn't work perfect but I played a bunch of it on Steam Deck and once I realized the weird idiosyncrasies of it I just got on with it but I played that in bed and I was annoyed that I had to go to sleep at some point because <laughs> I was having <laughs> such a good time that game's really fun um, I started playing Hyperdemon 
Which is, oh, I bought that. Um, I haven't played it yet. Uh, I have no fucking clue what's going on. Like, it is insane. <laughs> no. It's it is a lot. It's, it's the developer of Devil Daggers, um, and it is more of it is Devil Daggers if it was Res, but every Res level was being sucked into a black hole. Oh, that tight. is what that game is like. That's it cool. Is, it is it is mind numbing. Like it, it moves for, and it and it's got basically the movement mechanics and the combat mechanics or the shooting mechanics of an Unreal Tournament slash Quake, where it's like you move fast, you shoot at the ground to launch yourself in the air, you shoot again, you can dash, you've got like these weird like guns that are like railgun, rocket launcher, and it's just about surviving for as long as you can. And it's like an acid trip game where um, it's, it's, it's really fun, but also it's very intense. Um, I highly recommend it. It's, it's, a, it's a good time. It also does this really cool thing where it's got like a leaderboard and uh, when you when you're like you place well, it will show you like climbing up the ranks, and it's just such a small touch that I really love. As you're passing someone that you know, it slows down to show you moving past, like bullet time. Uh, like, and then you like, it, and then you, when you pass them, it speeds back up again. And let me tell you, it, it was is so satisfying when you're like going up this ranking, and then it, you see a name that you know, and you're just like overtaking them. You're like, oh mm-hmm. shit. Um, cool. that game is a lot of fun. Um, I recommend that. And then 20 minutes till dawn is a version or it's, um, uh, it's vampire survivors basically. Oh no. Uh, but if, another mention. Yeah. I think but we're if, every episode now. Yep. Uh, but right. if it, if it was like not based on the Castlevania Talset and asset pack, it's got its own like vibe. It's got its own, uh, art. it's got a kind of like, it's, it's more polished. Um, I was explaining to Ralph, like it's, it's what it lose, what it, what Vampire Survivors has in like charm, janky charm, um, uh, twenty uh, minutes at midnight has twenty minutes at dawn has um, in like polish and mm. feel. Mm. Um, so I, if you like Vampire Survivors, I do recommend checking out Twenty Minutes at Dawn. Um, it's a good time. Yeah, uh, cool. that's pretty much everything. Mm. Uh, I've got it downloaded. So I, I haven't played much else beyond uh, Scorn. I watched Edge Runners. I've got two episodes of that left. Um, and I was I was away, but boys, finally got my Steam Deck. Hey, hey. congratulations! Hey. Wait, do you have it? Have it, or no. did you got the? It's on the way. It's 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 getting shipped, but annoyingly, okay, cool. I'm gonna intercept it. No, you fucking That's not. Right. I'm gonna get sent to Luce O'Brien because <laughs> I'm not here. Uh, I think it's gonna arrive. Uh, Tam and I are traveling on a trip, and um, I think it's, I'm, I'm annoyed because it's like five hour flight and it would have been good to have but sure. um you know i'm excited so I've, i'm also like getting to the point where I'm somewhere just, in like, that apartment a nintendo switch is just looking over being like yeah it's right there <laughs> it's right there uh plugged into Riff, my tv Ripperino. hasn't been used in months uh yeah. no my uh i'm at the point now and this is what i used to do when i was a kid and i would get sims expansions and hear me out so like my the only pc that i had that would play the sims was at my dad's and I only ever went there every other weekend. So what I used to do is I used to take the um, uh, like the little booklets and just read them. Oh hell when I was yeah! At my mum's. Yep, sure. Just and sure. like just plan out what I was going to do. And so very similar vibes with Steam Deck, where I don't have it yet, but I'm on YouTube and I'm like, what to do with your Steam Deck? Sure. Like what to get in first? Like how to put the Epic Game Store in your Steam Deck? Steam Deck. Just, just like you get give an it SD to, card. Dude, just give it to Grub. Just yeah, give get, it to Grub. You don't even need yeah, Grub yeah, anymore. Just, you just get an SD yeah. card and download an Emu Deck, and you're in, you're in for a good yeah. time. Yeah, true, 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 true. Um, and then yeah, I've got my dedicated Vampire Survivors uh, machine. Yeah. Machine. Fine. That's it. 
Exactly right. That's it. Dishonored runs on it. I'm so excited. Yeah, I've been. I've had like a weird hankering to replay Prey. Ooh, good call. Very good call. um, No, I'm excited. But uh, who was I talking to? Oh, I was talking to Mikey. Who was I talking to? Is it Mikey Dowling? I can't remember. But basically, saying just like having Yakuza on the go, like a dedicated just fucking Yakuza machine that I could just actually. On this topic, uh, Logitech just announced a handheld oh, a uh, cloud gaming boy. device today yeah. for three hundred dollars. Yeah, the prob- what do you guys think of this? For fifty dollars more, you could get the lower end Steam Deck. Yeah, I'm not the big. I'm, I'm just so- not into streaming that much. Sure, I don't understand sure. it. I can do everything it can. It says it can do on my phone. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, yeah, the thing, I like, totally agree. Phil Spencer yeah. was tweeting like. Oh, I, I took it to Europe and I took it to Japan and it worked really well, even on hotel Wi-Fi. And it's like, really? You ha- All right, you if you a say so. <laughs> a filmmate, you've got a service that does that on here. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I, yeah, I think. Yeah, I, I think uh, if this is just like, hey. Let's get out into the market. First, adopt a price point, whatever else. I get it. Mm. If the price comes down considerably, I can see this being a really mm-hmm. great device. Yeah. If it was 150 bucks cool. ish or less, then I'm like, cool, this is great. It's a nice, big, clear screen, nice, comfy controls, mm. does all the shit you want it to do. Awesome. But for 300 bucks, it's like, dude, what are you? Yeah, sorry. No, sorry. It's, yeah. it's, it's crazy. So I don't know, man. I don't expect big things from this generation of this tech. Yeah, I don't know about that one, pal. But, you know, mm. we'll see when it comes to market. It might surprise us all. We never know. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, true. But no, we don't have Gerard with us today. Uh, so we don't have Fortnite and games unless time you can rattle off games that have been released this fortnight. Yes, uh, this fortnight we had uh, fucking Tetris, uh, <laughs> Doki Doki Literature Club came out. Oh, I love that um, game. That one Karma Sutra Tetris that you played when your parents weren't watching because you got it off Kazaar. Sweet. Um, yeah, those are all the games that came out. Whoa, I feel so old. <laughs> well, no, t- I mean, ninth anniversary job. of GTA 5. That's, that's the, true. That's, that's the true. biggie. Um, Dark Souls, Dark Souls came out today. That's all you need to know. Okay. Oh shit. Okay. All right. It's big. That's huge. Yeah. Huge of uh, true. Huge of true. Um. Well, all right, boys. I think that's going to call it. We've done another. We promised Jake that we wouldn't go for three hours. And we might have gone for more than three hours. We actually don't know because all the footage is broken up into pieces now. Yeah. So I don't know. It's gone. To, we're, um, we're at two minutes. Two, two minutes. Two hours and fourteen minutes. Well, okay, we, so we, then with like the interview, it's like in three. There. Yeah, Jake, we're mm, sorry. Yep. Um, I know sorry, we said Jake. that we wouldn't, but um, we we did. Uh, <laughs> thanks again, boys, for hanging out. I've missed you. It's lovely to Have see you, you all. Um, nice to see you too. Where can people find you? Jake, I'll go to you first. Uh, you can find me on the Friends Per Second. Oh, wow. Uh, that's this. Uh, you can find me Game Ranks. I like that that's your reflex, though. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I've been, that, I've been you know? on things a lot lately, and I've been I've been yeah. shouting it out. Um, nice, uh, nice. You can find me Game Ranks during the day, sometimes uh, my YouTube channel at night, and uh, I like Instagram. <laughs> I, I do like see Instagram. you there. I do see yeah. you there. Yeah. Ralph, yeah. how about you? Uh, you'll find me here on the Shill Up channel and also on, uh, where else am I? Oh, nowhere else. I'm just actually on YouTube. I forgot. <laughs> Thank God I'm not on Twitch. God, that would suck. Oh, <laughs> Fuck that platform. What a week, huh? <laughs> uh, Tam, what about you? Uh, I'm on GameSpot.com, GiantBomb.com, kind of funny. I'm on Twitch. And actually, 
actually, I might have a YouTube video coming out soon, inspired Whoa. by this very podcast. Oh shit! Oh, on your own yeah. channel? On my own channel, oh. inspired oh, by way. this very podcast and Jake. So Jake's been doing a lot of these bloggy things, and I was like, I could Ooh. do that. Yeah, you can and do that. You guys, <laughs> you guys did a discussion about the price point of uh, Last of Us, and I was like, these motherfuckers are missing the biggest point. And uh, this, Ooh, so right. I was like, right. I, it was one of those moments where I was like, I wish I was there so I could talk about, I could say this, <laughs> and I was like, maybe I could just put it in my own video. So maybe you'll see that on uh, YouTube. Uh, Hell yeah! Search for my name. Um, uh, I would like and subscribe I, to that one. Yeah, fuck, sure. I miss, I miss when you you could do reactions to videos on YouTube with a video reaction. Yeah, because you could have done the one. Could have done that one. Yeah. Yeah, that would have a video fun. response. Yeah, I yeah. used to thrive on those, man. I've been doing YouTube for too long. <laughs> I have had this idea for my YouTube channel, which I'm, I think I'm just going to do it, where I was going to do like a weekly apology video. <laughs> just about about random That's so things. good <laughs> like, but like do it as a as a in the style of a youtuber video but like that would be yeah. my vlog update to be like just i'm so sorry just apologizing <laughs> yeah. for all of your tweets <laughs> yeah. uh and i'm on twitter GameSpot, giant bomb what else am I, Inst- I also enjoy instagram Everything. i also yeah. enjoy instagram if you want to see pictures of my cat instagram's probably a place to go um but thank you all for watching or listening uh for hanging out we really appreciate you jake takes away tie your shoes and go to bed <laughs> <laughs>